being my friend. Hello, friends, and welcome to the first episode of the D1 and Done pod, presented by... Do we have any... No, I'm we're presented by I'm no one. Please check for us, Nick. We are presented by no one, but we are so excited to have our first episode of our first season here on a wonderful Sunday, or it could be Monday or Tuesday, whatever day you could be possibly listening to us. I'm Robbie Donahoe, Nick Mills to my left, Dusty Mills to my right. Guys, we finally made it. We're here. It took a long time to get to this point. I think we've been talking about this for probably over a decade. Dusty and I, maybe 20 years. I don't know if there were podcasts back in uh, the year 2000. But uh, regardless, make sure you give us a follow on Facebook, D1 and Done Pod. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Wherever you may be listening to this podcast, though, more than likely it's on Spotify, and we imagine we'll probably be pushing out to Spotify going forward. Uh, but guys, we're here. We made we it. What a, what a great week of college basketball. Before we jump into everything with college hoops, we got a great show lined up for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the big headlines from the week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, this, I guess you could call it a quasi-documentary called Divine Providence. Mm. If you haven't heard about that, making a bunch of waves in the Northeast, so we may inform you a little bit. We're going to get to one of my favorite subjects. We're going to talk about the Indiana Hoosiers and what the heck is going on there. We're also going to give our final four teams to watch out for at the mid-major level. We're going to talk a little betting with our locks of the week, look ahead to the week ahead, and also get your viewer interactions. But first off, quick introductions from all of us. You already know me. I'm Robbie. Nick, Dusty, Nick, tell the world a little bit about yourself, your fandom, your love for college hoops. No, it's funny. I'm like oddly nervous. It feels like the first day of school. You have to give like two truths and a lie. It's always such a good time. It's always the worst icebreakers because you never (laughs) think of anything interesting by yourself or anything. So, hello, I'm Nick. Can you hear me all right? We can hear you loud and clear. I do have a Tony Reale mute button over here, so I can push that down if I need to. And you can adjust my knob if need be, right? Correct, yes. Perfect, appreciate it. Uh But I guess, yeah, so I'm Nick, and I guess for people who don't know, me and Dusty are brothers. You two, I guess... Well, grew up together, is that fair we did, to say? I would say we grew up together, yeah. And so I'm glad I could be the third wheel. Thanks for having me, by the way, because... Of course! Originally, it was supposed to be just you guys, so I'm glad I could be here, but... We need the third wheel. Dusty do. and I are together, but we always need a third wheel. And that's you know the only that means. single guy in my friend group. I'm quite used to it, being the fifth, seventh, ninth, eleventh <laughs> wheel, but... And also, I guess... Are we going to do a weekly update on your dating endeavors? And I'll, I'll give you an update. Okay, Still good. single. Wonderful. There's your update for the week. Uh, <laughs> That one is presented by Tinder. <laughs> uh, or Grinder. Either own. one. To each their yeah, own. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I guess, yeah, uh, I'm a Kentucky fan, so me and Dusty both went to University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. love college basketball, and that's me. That's Nick. Dusty, a little bit more about you. Dusty Mills. Yeah, Nick and I are brothers. Actually, 10 years I apart. I said that. I know. Well, I'm adding on to it. Thank oh, you. Actually, we are 10 years apart, though, is what I was that's adding. Point. Still very close. Um, Robbie and I have been friends since kindergarten, maybe preschool, I would guess. Since he, the first uh, United days, yeah. Yeah, he stole the friendship, my heart with his friendship when I heard him do the solo at church wow. during one oh, of our plays. Wow. Yep. Um, Never knew that that was, the, that was where it all began. I know. I know. You did solos at church? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It's Living only, in it, Judah it, a long it, time it ago. It cleansed my audio palate to be able to enjoy Freddie Mercury later in my life. So thank you for starting that out for me. Well, see, I'm glad you weren't in my elementary school because you a lot of men enjoyed uh, Freddie Mercury later in their lives. Also true. Uh, <laughs> there was a time when I did a solo at my elementary school where I talked about an Irish rainbow up in the Irish sky, and I did an entire solo song about this in front of about a couple hundred people what? at Hinkle Creek Elementary. School. That should be our entry music. 
I'm sure my mom has it on an old videotape somewhere, an old VHS. So, okay, we may find that at some point. But anyway, please continue. Um, lifelong, obsessively loved college basketball. Actually grew up a University of Florida fan. I was a huge Gator fan as a kid, just from going to Disney World all the time. Family, mom's side's all IU, dad's side's all Kentucky. Um, have cheered for both teams in my entire life. More on the Kentucky side. Ended up going to the wow. University of Kentucky. We'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. Spent time there as a walk-on and a very, uh, what would you call it, a controversial freshman year, a story that I'm sure we'll come back to plenty of times. But, yeah, I've loved college basketball my entire life. I used to keep binders back in the day, Mm -hmm. tracking every single game of every season starting usually about January 15th. The three of us love the conference tournaments. We'll dive deep into that. Yeah. Um, Just quick fact, Nick and I are attending the SEC tournament again this year. Between the three of us, I think we've been to a combined about 40-plus. I was going to say, so I've been to to seven – uh, for sure. I've been every year since 09. And this will be so, my 19th, yeah. so probably year 14th or 15th. If you throw in the Big Ten tournaments for me, I'm in the double digits, but, I mean, we obviously don't count the Big Ten tournament because it's not the <laughs> SEC tournament. It's not. There's only one conference tournament. Yeah. We, we'll have a lot of more stories about our SEC tournament fun, I'm sure. Um, and real quick, I'm glad it's kind of fun we're starting this time of year because, like, looks like we're a month away from conference month tournaments. Month away. We're kind of like the guys who started a group project really late in the school year because we're pretty, <laughs> like, what – it's February third, right now, fourth, wherever it is. So, the f- by the way, we're only like five minutes into this, and I can already go through like all the stories. Like I'm thinking about, remember the Final Four Dreams restaurant we did? Oh yeah, school. Yes. We're gonna talk. We, we again, did. We've we got the remix to Yang Twins. We sure did. Um, we're, we're, we've got so many great stories coming up. But so you're probably wondering where the pod name came from. Mm. Obviously. Um, so Dusty, as Dusty mentioned, uh, I don't know. I mean, Dusty is much more humble than he used to be. Um, mm. it, it's debatable. I got married. You did get married, <laughs> and that kind of set you back a little bit. Uh, or we should mention you married up big time, mm-hmm. as did myself. Correct. So, but Dusty I'm played, still single, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just another update. Uh, we do need a five minute update on your singleness. <laughs> it's presented by no one. So the D one and done pod. The name came from Dusty because Dusty actually played Division one college basketball. He did play in a physical. Division One men's college basketball game. Do you remember the date? Got at at Houston. No, no, no. Um, well, Texas Southern was the first mm-hmm. time. Okay, got Texas it. Southern was, was the first one. Okay, that was mid November. The meaningful game was at Houston, December. I'm gonna guess. I'll look it up. Fifteenth, maybe. Okay, it's around there. It was on ESPN. Um, Fiesta Majama. A lot of you would know who that is. The famous Houston teams from the early '80s with Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler. Um, they were being honored that night. McGrady was there. I did too, not right? know yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Hakeem, um, my lifelong growing up here, I'm a big Houston Rockets fan, was not there, but Clyde Drexler was. I remember Keith Bogans was in attendance, Tracy McGrady. Why was Keith? Um, oh, Keith Bogans, was he playing for the Rockets at the time? Yes. Oh, so, um, when what I, a yeah, night. So, when I, actually, when I checked into the game at Houston, we were only down seven or eight with about a minute 15 left. And I'll never forget checking in, and those, there's about seven of them sitting on the baseline. And they're probably like, who the hell is this catching the ball right? <laughs> um, and that was pretty cool. I actually recorded an assist and two fouls because my teammates didn't know to foul for some reason. Maybe. So you did not get a, get a trillion that game. You were actually factored oh, no. into the oh, box no. score. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not about that team. So if we pull up the box score from that game, we would see Dusty Mills Oh, for one from the field. I did get blocked on a layup. Uh, one assist, which for my career, just so you know, I had three assists and zero turnovers. Yeah, I, I'm a basketball reference. You're, it's so cool. That's yeah. your name. I don't think I've ever looked into this. <laughs> this right. is incredible. By the way, December 18th, 18th okay. December 18th. Okay. I remember when you came home, I think, later that summer, and I came over wearing a, 
a Kentucky basketball jersey, and I had taped the number four on the back and put Mills at the top. I still have that in my home. Well, uh, there's a fun fact for everyone is one of the cooler parts of that year is I wore number four. The year before, Rajon Rondo won number four, wore number four. So continuing the legacy of points so, in Kentucky. Yeah, so yes. two things about that. I assume Rondo was not happy when he saw who's wearing his jersey <laughs> the next year. But two, this is pre-NIL. So names were not on the back of the jersey, but there are so many number four jerseys at Kentucky games. So it looks like everyone's wearing my jersey. I'm sure they would have anyways, but they had no mm-hmm. choice. You are telling me all these. I've never heard you say any of this, so this is incredible. I'm getting stories out of all this. So so Dusty played you, you at— You mentioned how humble he is. Like, he never talks about no, it. No, so, like, he doesn't. I don't so know why we're, stories. we're learning, just along with all of you that are probably listening to this right now. So Dusty played at Kentucky. We'll touch on his time at Ball State. We'll get to that at some point. But, again, the name D1, that's Dusty. And then Nick and I, we flamed out very quickly in high school. Mm. Well, uh, for myself, I can't speak for you. Hey, I'm a two-time varsity letterman over here. I scored eight One points time. my senior year. Actually, no, I am a two-time as well, but um, I, I only played well, basketball. Did you get a letter jacket? Oh, yeah. You like, did? What else did you play? I, I, just, it was I'll, just basketball? It may have changed, but if you had two letters for a sport, you got a letterman jacket. It was three? When I, they told me it was... Maybe they just I, didn't have the money yeah, for a letterman jacket. part of my story. I didn't qualify for a letterman jacket. How did you not qualify? They must have changed. Ladder. Yeah, I don't. They know. must have changed the requirements when we were there. Anyway, my s- these day, participation. Trophies. My sister got a letter jacket. My sister, jacket. my sister stopped playing volleyball in, in like freshman year of high school and basketball, and she got a letter jacket. She was a trainer, so you got a letter for being a trainer. Wait, wait. So we're talking about he's D one over there. I'm the only one on here with a letterman jacket. Huh? Huh? Wow. Huh? Quite a distinction. Those congratulations. Uh, Change the name of the show. <laughs> D1 and Nick's Letterman Jacket Pod. <laughs> so there's a little bit of background behind Dusty and obviously Nick and I both uh, having our moments when we were playing in high school. Uh, I did D up Eric Gordon my junior year of high school and mm. um, locked him down on one possession. We're not going to talk about any of the other possessions, but that's kind of my, well, we, I guess you could talk about my claim to fame. Also, one last thing for, I mean, you worked as what, a sports reporter I did, for a long so, time? I mean, if you don't, obviously, I would assume most people who know or download this pod that know all of us know my time from being on WCBI-TV in Columbus, Mississippi. I was the sports director for five years, sports reporter and anchor for the other two. Um Love went went down there initially, not thinking I was going to fall in love with the SEC, and then just got all involved in Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama. I've got plenty of fun stories from that, um, so we can dive into all that fun stuff later on in the show. Um, but we want to give a quick just introduction on us, the background on the pod, everything about that. But you came to listen about college basketball, yes, and sir. that's why we're all here. We love college hoops. We just got done watching the Purdue-Wisconsin game. Boilermakers got a big win over the Badgers. We'll talk about that here Congrats. in a little bit. Thank you very much. Uh, but I, I want to talk about – so I want to start with Dusty. So this is the part of the show. We got our quick intro, talk a little bit about ourselves. These are the D1 and Done headlines. We're going to start with Dusty. I think the big topic between all of us right now is, is what happened last night for Kentucky, oh. what happened with what was going on with John Calipari. So Dusty's D1 and Done headline, John Calipari and Kentucky. It's Yeah, it's the timeline at this point on John Calipari. Um, I have been an advocate. By the way, is, is it Calipari or Calipari? I feel like I hear I both pronunciations. Know, I've always said Calipari. Swear God, I do not yeah, know. I, I don't think anyone know. knows them. Okay, anyway, didn't mean to get off track. It's just been Coach Cal for the longest time. Coach Cal, yeah. I've called, um, well, I've, I've been an advocate of him since day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, also the day I signed my papers to transfer to Ball State, the next day he was hired at Kentucky. Uh, wish I could wow. go back on that one. did not know that either. Um, so Calipari... 
I'd say the fan base was pretty 50-50 on being sick of him, wanting to keep him. Um, I'm still fine with him, honestly. Um, I think part of that is he brings in talent that other coaches can't. The lack of in-season adjustments freaks me out, which he continues to do. I do not understand the constant man-to-man defense. I don't understand not being able to just stop a high pick and roll, which is their issue against Tennessee last night. For those that don't know, they lost to number five Tennessee at home. But also, with with how mobile Kentucky's bigs are, how can they not guard a high pick and roll? Um, honestly, I hate to say this. It's the first time in a long time I'll say it looks like a lack of effort. Okay. Unfortunately. They, and that's what we were kind of talking about last night, yeah. and I'm, I assume we'll get to that here momentarily. Their offense is superior. It is very good, and I think they think they can outscore teams, and there comes to a point where you can't. I would much rather be Houston and stopping everyone, holding everyone to 54 points a game than Kentucky, and you have to outscore because the second you get cold or what happens to them or has the last two weeks as the other team gets hotter than you, mm-hmm. you can't come back from that. You can't be down 14 every single game. Nick, you were you were a part of it as well. I want yeah. to get your thoughts on what's well, going on with Kentucky. Cal Perry, Cal Perry, what the heck it is is we could do a whole hour on him. He's one, oh, it's yeah. one of the most like interesting things, like because Dabble gets compared to. So basically, just Cal's never in game coach has never been insane. X's and O's have driven, driven me insane forever, but he always got the most out of every single player. What's mm-hmm. so basically from twenty ten to twenty nineteen is Final Four, Sweet Sixteens, Elite Eight every single year. And now since 2019, since Tower Hero hit the shot in Sweet 16, they have one tournament win now in what, That's crazy. In five I years. I think I realized that. One tournament win. And that win. was last year, wasn't last it? Last year over when they beat Providence. Providence. It's their one tournament win since March of 2019. Again, I I don't know. I, I still like Cal Perry. We still, the, the sky is still a limit for this team. I believe that. But they truly can lose to anyone. This is the first team in a while I don't have a feel for. Like, I don't know what to expect night in, night out. And I thought we were I, getting a feel for them like right. the last couple of weeks within the DJ Wagner injury has That's kind of thing. messed things. The big Z issues have kind of thrown a wrench fif- into this whole thing. 15 days ago was the big Z game. They've lost three or four since then. And, and the one game they won was dreadful to watch. They Arkansas, who people don't know how their own issues right now, yeah. it's... Again, it could be freshmen having like the dog days of summer. You know, I'm not saying like the sure. panic meter, but like it's just kind of my whole point is I don't I do not know what to make of this team and and Cal Parry as a whole. Again, it's, there's no adjustments ever. It seems like it's getting worse every year. I'm not saying fire him, but like it's not going to play out of the question anymore, which I think is a fair thing. To so say. what I've seen, obviously, is the injuries. They need Wagner back. Yeah, for people don't know, they've yet to play a, a game with a full roster. This year. Correct. Right. That is correct. And they do have the talent to win a national championship as a they could get a nine seed and go run the table. Um, I feel like they've done that before, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, eight seed, sorry, not sorry, a nine seed. State. But yeah. in the last couple of weeks, they have had Mitchell has completely disappeared. I do not know. Yeah, where's he been? He Gosh. Had, he had two points last night, maybe. Yeah. And, he, and, and, and it came out to he's dealing with a back is what they're right. claiming. Okay. Well, and yes, who's kind of been the guy that's been their guy off the bench that's kind of brought some energy. He's been energy great that defensively, yeah, but he cannot. He he's not an offensive threat no, for them. Not at all. Whenever the ball's in his hand, nothing good happens. Yeah. <laughs> he can't catch. He can't hit layups. Does everything else great, though. I saw Rob Dillingham, who had a great game last night, 35. He played well, yeah. Um, came out well. and said it's all an effort thing, which is great. We'll now go prove it. They have Vanderbilt and Gonzaga this week. Those should be double-digit victories. We'll see. Um, and then the other one is Reed Shepard. God bless him. He should be the heart and soul of this team. The fan base wants him. His father, for those that don't know, played there. His mother played at Kentucky as well. He's possibly the worst off-ball defender I've seen in a long time. 
Um, it, I mean, they beat Florida if he knows how to stay on his man. And it's not even like the, oh, he's an athletic white guy thing. No, like, it's he, like, he's so overly aggressive at times. Yes. He just leaves his man wide open so often it kills them. Yes. And so. if he's the heart and soul of the team, I feel like you kind of got to have a little bit of a swagger and energy to him. He he keeps to himself, which I'm not necessarily is, it's saying it's a bad thing, but, I mean, he, he is one of their best players, but I... He's got to get an edge to him. I feel like he just very he plays. Well, that's why I think I don't know. DJ I, Wagner I, to me is the biggest X factor. They're zero yeah. three when he does not play. It's not their best player, but like he just defensively, he just has a speed that no one else has. He has like NBA level speed, and I think he like he's a guy guarding Zeger last night who torched them. Yeah, so I think he is for lack of better, like they're truly their most important player. Now, Not will, their best player. I though. will say this, Tennessee was out of shot out of their minds last <laughs> night. Like they, and they will probably won't do that the rest of the year. Like Josiah Jordan James is not a very good shooter and he was making everything. Uh Dalton Connect obviously a very good player and so is Zakai Ziegler. But like some of the some of those baskets that Tennessee was making is like these guys mm-hmm. haven't shot this like this all season long. So I, you, you got to come into that, but also this is also coming off a loss at home to Florida yeah. in overtime where you just botched the end of that game too. So I've been yeah. Safe. They have three home losses this year. <sighs> Granted, those are three games Wagner did not play in. Yeah, so, but, but I, still. And I've been saying it for weeks: is, is Kentucky has the highest ceiling of probably any of the top teams in college basketball, but also by far the lowest floor. Yeah, and we're seeing that floor right now. So I guess Robbie, since you're the non-Kentucky fan here, what do you think they should do with Calipari as we sit here February fourth? <sighs> to be honest, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, so when my thought when you're talking about a coach and trying to move on from a different coach, I think it's okay. Who, who are you going to go and get then? And I, I'm not sure. I mean, what I've been disappointed in and what we've talked about last night is the fact that they just do not care about defending at all. Like it's how quick can we get them to shoot a shot and maybe we go rebounds, so we can go play offense some more. And that's very, that's that's very uncommon of a Cal team because Calipari teams almost always focus on how good they can be defensively. And that's the other part of this thing that I think the ceiling is so high for them is if they can ever find a way to figure it out defensively, then they're going to be good. But we're on it's it's beginning of February. If you haven't figured out how to man, play man-to-man defense now, I don't know if it's going to happen. And there's been no signs of improvement either. It's not no, like they're like not, steadily getting better. Right. No, it seems like it's just as bad as it was at Thanksgiving. My final thought on Calipari is twofold. Number one, he has to win the postseason this year. Like needs yes, to. Yes, absolutely. Um, just a fact on him. So since he came to Kentucky in 2010, from 2010 through 2015, and 15 was their undefeated team that lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. <sighs> Cal was 22 and four in the NCAA tournament. 22 and four from 2011, t- 2011 2015. Say so missed the tournament in 2013. So yeah. four straight times they made the tournament. They made the Final Four all four yeah. times. That's just what they did. And that includes 2010. They're probably the best team in the country. Got upset by West Virginia. 2012 won the title. 2015 they're undefeated. Probably the best team in the country. Since then, in the tournament, they did have two Elite Eight runs. Lost to North Carolina and Auburn. But he's 10 and six in the tournament. Um, I would argue that Sheway team that lost to St. Peter's, I personally thought was the best team in the country. That was a really good team, yeah. Uh, I believe that was the year they ran Kansas out of Allen Fieldhouse by 30. And Kansas went on the win the Natty. Yeah, and then Kansas won the national title. So I think it just comes down to you're not – I can speak firsthand how crazy this fan base is. I love the Kentucky fan base, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, he needs to win this year or people are coming for his head. I mean, he's still a year. I think there's a, still a year away from even making. Any I rash personally decisions. don't want him on hot seat. I love Calipari. Yeah, and, well, I, and also I don't think it helps the program and the team going forward if he's on the hot seat. So I, I will leave it on the Kentucky on Kentucky for this. Twenty seventh in Ken Palm right now. 
They're 101st in defensive efficiency. There is no other team in the top 50 of KP that is even in, in the like the 90s. And Kempon goes back to 1997. The worst defensive team to win the Natty with Baylor a couple years ago at 44th. And that Baylor team wow. was crazy good defensively and towards D- the end. Davion Mitchell, Davion Mitchell was, was like maybe the best defender yeah. in the country. So if they're not figuring it out now, I don't know if they ever will. And it, it, it's definitely very concerning. So that's on Kentucky. But, man, it was a really big weekend. We obviously had Purdue-Wisconsin. We had Kentucky-Tennessee. We had Houston-Kansas. And then we had Duke-North Carolina, mm. Nick. And is North Carolina starting to separate themselves as probably one of the top teams in the country right now? I think so. So I, this was my headliner, Duke-UNC. And that's what they call a segue in the business, yes, by the it was, way. It was very smooth, Robbie. That's what I, I like to do. Hey, shout out to you, Robbie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Duke-UNC. I put, I put uh, ACC as a whole, so we'll get to that, too, here. Okay. But... But yeah, UNC, I mean, because it's funny, like, I think we talk about, like, the top teams. It's Houston, it's UConn, it's Purdue. I think UNC kind of just gets forgotten about here. They looked awesome Why last night. Why is that? I don't know. I really, because they have names. It's They have uh, RJ Davis. Yeah, RJ Davis. Was it, is it Baycott. because of last year when they were number one in I the country so. and they didn't make the tournament? I feel like we kind of had that little bit of a hangover of what that happened last and year. And I think so, too. I think we lean towards coaches quite often. Hubert, you know, despite having... A runner-up already on his resume. He's still kind of new to the whole thing, so I think it happens too. But yeah, big win last night. They're I have it right here. They're nineteen and four. Three of the four losses yeah. are by four or less points. Like to pretty much any other one was UConn and MSG, which that's just no one wins against UConn and MSG. Yeah. So I think they're one. I mean, we. I think in that first year at this point, Robbie, I think one of the best teams in the country. And by the way, shout out Baycott. He had 20, 10, and 5 last night. He was great. In his previous three games, he only had combined nineteen points, twenty rebounds. So he goodness. They need that, and so yeah, UNC. I think yeah, I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I just don't get why they don't get talked about. So now, now you bring me up another converse, conversation point: Purdue, UConn, North Carolina. I feel like have separated themselves from the rest of the country right now. I mean, you can make an argument for Kansas, maybe Houston or Tennessee, but I think there is a definite there's a first tier and a second tier right now to college basketball, and it's North Carolina, UConn, Purdue is that first tier. Would yeah, you agree. I, that's what I would have. I'm sure a lot of people would probably just have UConn, Purdue. But uh, yeah, I'll yeah. put you in. No, I'd put there. North Carolina in there now. I always like to say the first tier, usually when you get to February, is we talk about separating themselves. It's when you see the schedule, like if I'm looking at who's playing Monday through Sunday of this week, I always look for those top tier teams. And do I think there's a chance in hell they're going to lose? And those are three teams that I do not think will uh, lose another game unless it's you know a, 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 like Wisconsin today. I didn't. I you. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Purdue fans. Robbie had Wisconsin money line in his gambling. <laughs> I did. I just think there's a chance in hell Wisconsin was going in that game. I've only watched them twice this year, but there's a feel for you see the superior teams play. It is Carolina. It is UConn. It is Purdue right now. Um, yeah, they definitely separate themselves from everyone else. And I think Kansas could be in that conversation, but the fact that they shot 69% from hey. the field against Houston. Nice. nice. <laughs> and Houston actually still was in that game towards the end. Makes me think – I mean – We'll get to Kansas and talk about them a little bit more. I like them, but there's still something about them that rubs me the wrong way. Um, on the ACC... But real quick on Kansas, they've lost to UCF, West Virginia. They have some bad losses. They just have weird results. They have really bad losses. Almost lost in assembly. Should have <sighs> lost in assembly. We're going to talk about well, that. Oh yeah, We're, we're going to talk about that IU thing here in a second. But that's also been Kansas since self got there. I mean, yeah. how many times have they been a one or two seed in the tournament been upset? I had a great stat that I found that Bill Self has won 96% of his games at Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> 96%. That sounds made up. <laughs> how How is that even possible? Which makes that Kentucky win even more impressive. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yes. Absolutely it does. 
but the ACC is yeah, a whole. Talk about the ACC, man. This is year three of it being down. I know UNC Duke mo- both made runs to Final Four two years ago. I know Miami made a Final Four so last j- year. Just, but to, just this- to give the overview of the conference right now, and by the way, I didn't see the final score of this game. So 94-85. So Louisville did beat Florida State yesterday. What? 101-92. <laughs> I can't believe that. That was a game that was off the radar. So the ACC, North Carolina's on top at 10-1 and in the conference. I'm going through conference records here. Virginia, 8-3. and Duke, 8-7-3. and NC State, 7-4. and Florida State, who we thought were going to be down, 6-4. and Wake Forest is okay, decent, 6-4. and Miami, who had that great run last year, they're only 6-5 and five in the conference. Lot, they too. did. Syracuse, Pitt, Virginia Tech, all four, five and six. Clemson was getting a ton of hype going into this season after they had that great start. They're now four and six at the conference, tied with Boston College. Georgia Tech, how did they beat North Carolina earlier this week? And Duke. And Duke. And then Louisville and Notre Dame are two and nine in the conference, seven and 15 overall. There is one great team. One good team, and everyone else is average in the ACC. What on earth has happened? And like at we're as we see here today, three teams are projected in the tournament. Clemson's actually a six seed, which kind of shocks. Clemson me. is a six seed. According to the bracket matrix, which by the way, shout bracket matrix. Bracket, guys, bracket matrix. That's great. the way yes. to go. If people yeah. know it takes a fifty best bracketologist and just combines them to one. Somehow I'm not on there. I don't know why. It's the best, but it. But yeah, so it's a bad conference. Basically, every notable program, Louisville, Syracuse, uh, Virginia, who's 7-3, but they're all just... Throw Pitt in there, too. Pitt all hasn't just, been good since Jamie Dixon. Florida I mean, State, who was good for a long time. Florida Leonard State Hamilton. had a couple of really good teams with Leonard Hamilton. They're yeah. all just down right now. And like my point earlier, it is year three of this. It's just been a below-average Power 5 conference. And for the longest time, it was the premier basketball conference. It was, yeah. It's it just, I don't know, and I don't really see it getting better anytime soon. I guess maybe... If, I can't think of a new coach at Syracuse. Maybe if he is better than Louisville hires a new coach and Shrewsbury gets to go to Notre Dame, maybe you can start turning around a little bit. But just, I, I don't s- know. This, this conference just feels kind of direct, directionless right now to me. I, I still have hope for Miami because they still have a really good team coming back. And if I, Miami's kind of become my new Xavier. When they get to March, that's a team I'm going to pick to win. And I like them. And they still have a lot of really good talent. So I'm, I'm curious how Miami ends up going. But yeah, the ACC, wow. Like Virginia, Virginia was really bad at the start of the season. Now they're second in the, in the league. And they're still just like, not, they're still kind of underwhelming. Like it's not oh, like they're, very they're underwhelming. Like, yeah, Virginia's not whelming anyone. <laughs> anyway, yeah, any, just, any, anything from you on the ACC? No, I just want to see a picture of Jim Laranaga one time with sunscreen on his nose on South Beach. Like, do you think that that's how he spends days after oh, a he tough definitely loss? Does that? Yeah, he's one of those coaches that I doesn't. I, I think he does preparation, but he probably he probably goes home right after the game, like an hour after the game, and has a glass of red wine. Just so oh, absolutely, big lazy boy. Him yeah. and Leonard Hamilton as well. Oh, Leonard Hamilton. Who's yeah. more out of place? Is it Laranaga in Miami or Cronin in Hollywood? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> We're not even going to mention the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is awful, too. I just love you think of LA, think of glitz and glamour, and then there's Mick Cronin. <laughs> yeah, that's that fit. When we thought it was going well for UCLA, it's going very bad very quickly for the Bruins. They are um, bad this year. To parlay it back to Kentucky, I think, <laughs> honestly, no, I, I, this was in my notes. I think I was doing the math on um, Cal Party assistance over his tenure here. Um, he needs to get Kenny Payne back. Their defensive oh, yeah. numbers with Kenny Payne are... Um, we're the best, uh, was it, seven years in this stint. You there. know who agrees with you? Louisville. Everyone who has a Kenny Payne probably I, say, I, I think I think he may be available coming up soon. I'm not going <laughs> to mention that. Well, that was part of the reasoning. Behind it. <laughs> of course, yeah. All right, uh, my D1 and Done headline is the Big Ten race. Mm. Uh, Purdue with a big win over Wisconsin today, um, a place that 
Purdue has actually done well playing at the Kohl Center in the past. Um, but obviously they've you know they had to exercise some demons to today. Uh, got a really good game from Lance Jones. Fletcher Lawyer hit some big shots. Uh, Purdue's been playing really well, but they're at the top of the Big Ten right now, ten and two in the league. Uh, Wisconsin, there for a while, we were starting to think that may they may run away with this because they won a couple of really tough games early on. But now they're eight and three in the conference. Um, Purdue has a game in hand. They'll pl- uh, Purdue plays IU at home this Saturday. Um, I don't know what's going to happen out of that game, and we'll talk about the week ahead later on in the show. Uh, but Illinois sitting in third at seven and three. But my mention here is, and I'm sure we have a lot of, of people on here who um, who like the Big Ten and, and obviously have um, teams that they support in the Big Ten. Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois are definitely the top three in the Big Ten. Bless you. Thank you. Who is the fourth best team in the Big Ten? Because right now, Northwestern, Northwestern, Nebraska, Michigan State, Minnesota, Maryland, Penn State, IU, Iowa, <laughs> all separated by one game. They all have five or six losses. And IU just lost a We'll get to IU here in a moment, but Ohio State is awful. They are not good, and they've got a lot of talent is on Hol- that team. Is Holtman? Hol- it, this is, is Holtman. Hot? It's Holtman's last year. He's not going to be back next year. I I actually took the time to watch Michigan and Rutgers yesterday, and I want that time back because that was one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. I made a mention that I think t- conferences that are better this year in college basketball than the Big Ten, the American is better than the Big Ten. The Mountain West is definitely oh, better we'll than the Big Ten. We'll get to them. My we'll, favorite conference. We already know the Big 12 is. I think the Big Ten's better than the Pac-12. Twi- Pac yeah. I would even say the Atlantic 10 may be a better conference than the Big Ten this year. That's maybe pushing it, but it, it's the middle and the bottom of the conference in the Big Ten that is just so horrifically bad. Michigan is awful. What has happened? What has happened to Ohio State? Iowa, Penn State, like Iowa's going to be Iowa. Penn State is actually playing way above their level and ability. Maryland has been a massive disappointment this year. We have a whole section on IU coming up here in a moment, but I don't know who else is going to be good out of the Big Ten that's the fourth best team because I thought it was Northwestern, and then they squandered a lead late against Minnesota on Saturday. Nebraska's only good at home. Michigan State, I it's it's... As your good pal Brady would say, January, February, Izzo is coming up soon. <laughs> I was just about to say, can we nix that phrase? Yeah, on the we're show? not we're not doing that on this show. That's not going to happen. I will not allow it. So I don't know who the fourth best team in the Big Ten is, and I don't know if there even is. You kind of took my answer. I was going to say, can I just do like non-applicable? Yeah, can we just do it? D, <laughs> none of the above. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy too because obviously the Big Ten, as much as like as SEC fans like to make fun of the Big Ten, like it's been the best conference. For Four straight years now, like it seems like get nine teams in the conference. With I don't the know Big if it was last year, with, okay, the, but but the, before that, yes, definitely. Okay, it seems like it was other than the Big Twelve, maybe the deepest conference. Yes, it, definitely. Yeah, like ten teams making a term every year. Yeah, and now this year, like I think it's Northwestern. I think it's just, I think so too because they just have Boo Booey and they have a win against Purdue, and it seems like they can somewhat play on the road on like Nebraska ball. Who Hoiberg does not like to travel. Evidently, not sure what's going on there. They're but. They're, they're a great team at home, and they are a below average team on the road. There was a Purdue fan that had a sign at the Northwestern game on Wednesday that had Boo Booey's headshot in a LinkedIn picture that says <laughs> "Open to work" because he's 25 years old. It was really funny. It made me laugh a lot. But yeah, I would say Northwestern too. I think Michigan does Michigan State figure it out? Are they going to get it figured out? By the way, Michigan State's a ninth right now on bracket matrix. They're safely in. I Okay, I guess what is figure out? Like, is it just are they gonna upset someone in the second round, get to the sweet sixteen? I mean they did it last year right? against Marquette. Like, so it I, feels like they are candidate for like figure out in the sense of like 
if they they're one of the favorites going or like not even favorites like they're at the top I don't know five C going yeah. the marge. No, I don't think that's on the, the cards. If right Michigan now. State sees a team that has a big guy that gets points, I think they're going to be in trouble because Michigan State's presence inside is like this is probably one of the first years that I think Tom Izzo has a team that has no presence at all in the paint, Mm-mm. none, and it's weird. It's weird to watch Michigan State right now. They 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 seem so out of sorts. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. Especially they brought everyone back and yeah, they lost no one outside of uh, Hauser. Yeah. They lost no one else. Then this is probably the lesson we all plenty think of. Sometimes, sometimes you bring everyone back from a seven seed. Sometimes they're just that. You're a seven that seed for a reason. People yeah. forget that Michigan State had a losing record in the Big Ten last year. <sighs> I would, see, I would yeah. know it. It's kind of like how we doubled that UNC team that went to the championship. They're the preseason number one. Mm-hmm. It's like really, it's, it's the same. Yeah, they're team. an eight seed the prior. Yeah. season for yeah, a reason. You wonder kind of how that, yeah, so little ebbs and flows there. I did see that this Wednesday, Nebraska and Northwestern play at oh. Northwestern, so that could be a de facto, let's see, the fourth best I bet team Northwestern has. wins that game by 15. I kid you not. At I bet home. they win by 15. Yeah, yeah so, Northwestern at home, yeah. But the just Big off, Ten fourth place game. Can't yeah, wait. Just, just <laughs> off resume, I do think it has to be Northwestern, but this is also a good time to remind our viewers that our uh, co-host Nick was born in 1999, and you Big Ten fans have seen one national championship since then. So <laughs> I was about to mention. And that Nick Purdue, is not old yeah. enough to remember. So. so I think. Well, Dusky, are you not going to count Maryland in 02? Oh yeah, Grand- <laughs> grandfather. We, we we don't count that one. We don't grandfather that in. But I should mention. So, of the teams in the Big Ten that have played for a national championship in the last 20 years, 20 I should say 24 years. I'm 25, so, by the way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Michigan's well, played for a national title, lost to Villanova. Ohio State played for a national title, lost to Florida. Florida. Um, Michigan State. IU played for a national title and lost to Maryland. We're not grandfathering that in. Michigan State has played for multiple national championships uh, against North Carolina. Uh, does, and, does this one count? Michigan lost to Louisville? No, that that was removed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't count. We weren't <laughs> going to mention that. Illinois obviously lost their national championship to North Carolina, and Wisconsin lost their national title to Duke. That's six teams in the Big Ten that have played for a national championship in the last 20-plus years and no national titles from the conference that we have said in the past that's the best conference in the country. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. What, by the way, are you still yeah, single? Which, I'm which still single, by the way. Yeah, I was just I mentioning should, <laughs> Next <laughs> show, I should just download like Hinge while I'm on the show. <laughs> okay, why are we on, while we are on the topic of, of the Big Ten, we've kind of been skirting around talking about Indiana, and I, I think this is this is worthy of being delved into a little bit more. So we got through our headlines, and then we've got two other like side headlines that I want to get into that we go more in-depth on. Sidelines? Sidelines. I like that. Look That's that. good. Uh-huh. We can bring that up. <laughs> Um, this IU team is awful, and they're so bad. And I think anyone who's an IU fan probably would completely agree with me. Now, when you look back at like the best IU teams of the past, even in the last 20, 25 years or so, they've always had a player from the state of Indiana that they could look to. This year's team, is Trey Galloway their best player from the state of Indiana? I'm not sure who's, who else is. Yeah, it's who's a CJ Gunn is from Indiana. CJ Gunn, Anthony Leal, like, Anthony Leal from Bloomington. No, like, it's Runaway Trey Galloway, which I like Trey Galloway. I think it's a lot of hate, but that should not be. Your, He's a solid player. He should not be your playmaker in your He's a solid best guy player. from Indiana. So, He's a solid role player off the bench. Yes, a six or seven. So th- these are, by the way, this is a Purdue fan and Kentucky fans talking about IU, which I'm sure they're going to love. <laughs> I got I got a master's degree from IU. You do? That's right. Mm-hmm. So let me just, master the whole school let me just run here. through some numbers here For on IU. Don't know, by okay. the way, Dusty went to like three different colleges, so try and keep up <laughs> with all the colleges. So IU's last Final Four was 2002. That was when they lost, they beat Oklahoma and Kelvin Sampson in that, in that first game and then lost to Maryland and Juan Dixon. That was a really good Maryland team. Their last national title team was 1987 when Keith Smart hit the shot. Their 92-93 team was probably arguably the best team they've had in the last 30 years. 
um, or so. That team had Damon Bailey from Bedford, Brian Evans, who's from Terre Haute, who's still very involved around the state. Calbert Chaney was from Evansville, and Alan Henderson went to Brebuff. The 2002 team had Jared Jeffries and Tom Coverdale, Bloomington and Noblesville. The 2013 team had Jordan Holes from Bloomington, Yogi Farrell from Park Tudor, Cody Zeller played at Washington. Since that 13 team, it's almost as if it's like the this team doesn't recognize it, doesn't look like a normal Indiana team. They've had James Blackman from Marion. Okay. Um, you've had uh, Romeo Langford, Rob Fennessy, Armand Franklin, who eventually transferred and started doing really well at Virginia. Trace Jackson Davis was probably their last, at least good, really, really good, if not great player from the state of Indiana. Over the last four to five years, they have not got a recruit from the state of Indiana. We are not counting Christian Lander. They have not gotten a top recruit from the state of Indiana that's in the top five in the state. That's crazy. That, you, that like, really is crazy. From from when we were growing up, Dustin and I were growing up, like Indiana was the premier school in the state, and it wasn't even close. Purdue was second, obviously. Now, the top player from the state of Indiana from the last four years, okay, Trey Kaufman ran from Sellersburg, Indiana. That He went to Purdue. That should never have happened. Jalen Washington was going to go to Purdue and then got the bag and then went to North Carolina. And then Xavier Booker, who was overrated. We're not counting him. So then Miles Cole was the second best player. He went to Purdue. The best players from the state of Indiana are going to Purdue. And it's almost as if Indiana doesn't want to recruit the state of Indiana. And they're just getting the guys that they feel like they just, okay, we need to get that guy. CJ Guns that we need to get that guy because he's from Indiana. Why not recruit the best players from the state of Indiana from a state that is one of, I would say, probably the top five high school basketball state in the country? What has happened to Indiana when it comes to recruiting? And why are they just going after the guys with stars? Their biggest issue, in my opinion, is they see themselves see themselves as a national brand, and they haven't been one in 30 years. Okay. Um, I did see that, and I was stunned by this because I started to do the research about Mr. Basketballs. From 1939 till 2000, IU had 22 of the Mr. Basketballs went to IU. I thought that number would go down a lot, but you just said there's a couple flops in there. Mm-hmm. There have been seven since 2000. So Romeo Langford was one. And yeah, that so, one yeah, so that's the Jordan Holes. Jordan Holes, yep. And Anthony Leal. But it seems like those guys who come to IU, like um, let's use a Romeo, for example, there seemed to be an entitlement issue with him. And that doesn't seem to be a mm-hmm. main issue. So now you do look at the top, like who is coaching, who's developing. Um, but it, it's almost like they think they can go get the Mr. Basketball and surround people from the rest of the country, and there's not cohesiveness. No one is buying into the Hoosier hysteria persona. And I thought Woodson would do that, but I think his NBA background is hurting him more than it's helping him. I think it him. is too, yeah. Um, and they played too slow of a game. They need to get real, That senior junior class needs to get out. I do know they have a solid sophomore class, but – even looking at that class right now, that's uh, Renew, Ware, Gunn, Banks. Uh, renews their, renews their best player. Renew. Malik Renew is actually but, a very good player. But, but again, the, not from the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to me, the biggest issue right there is, let's just say they, for IU fans, you cut clean. You say next year, Woodson's fourth year. Now we're going to start building. Their biggest issue is they never have a freaking point guard, really since Yogi, that really stands out to me. Man. And is it this Cubs kid yeah. from Ohio? He was Ohio Mr. Basketball. Solid one, player. Yeah, mm-hmm. won, a, won a state championship. His dad was his coach. I mean, so there's probably a leadership mechanism there, but they need a point guard to build around, and they do not have that. Now, if you're Woodson, I do think you cut cut the fat right now. Say, these are my guys. I'm going to start building going forward right now. I do not think he should be on the hot seat at the moment. That could change quickly. A lot of IU but, fans would disagree with you. Oh, I, 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 I yeah. bet I'm deep in the minority, like mm-hmm. 10%. Um, but – 
he needs to find continuity. He needs to be just more about building IU back to what it was because it is the coolest place to me to watch college basketball. I love that arena. It's a great. It's a great place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Unbiased. It. It. it I mean, I think Mackey is better because I'm partially biased, but Assembly Hall is legitimately a fantastic place to watch a basketball My, my coolest moment at Kentucky, I always tell people, is we actually played at Assembly, and I would lead out our team during warms because we you know, lost smart 18, 20-year-olds. We would go shorts and tallest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, even, not even kidding. And you in the front? Shockingly, yeah. <laughs> wild, I forgot yeah. my stilts. Um, so leading out Kentucky inside Assembly, the boos were so freaking loud literally had goosebumps. It was the coolest thing that's ever happened. So that place is amazing. But there has to yeah. be someone that comes in and rebuilds the importance of how nostalgic it is to be a part of an amazing IU team. And they have not had that uh, since Bob Knight. Yeah. I, th- I think they need – so I think they need a guy that – obviously they need a guy who understands the history of Indiana University. I think those – as much as it, you – Dan Hoosier fans may not hear – no. <laughs> as much as Hoosier fans don't want to hear it, I think those banners are – almost hurting them right now because it's giving them unrealistic expectations of what they That's need what to I mean, see from you're the not, team. You're not a national brand you, you, at all. Right now, you're not. Now, can you get there? Absolutely, this program can. They've got the money. They've got the facilities and resources to be there. But right now, it's almost as if the expectations are almost holding this program back in a sense because I think those expectations also make the coaching staff think, well, we need to go out and get the top-tier talent and get away. Like, they reluctantly recruit the state of Indiana, I think. See, it almost feels like it. Yeah, so why I think the problem with IU, I think we were all kind of saying, they just don't have, like, they don't have identity. They don't know what, like, are Do, they... I don't even know if they run sets offensively. That's like, okay, are we going to recruit the small town kids? No, okay, are we going to go for the big fish? But, like, you still don't get, like, they the could, top, top like guys. Like, there are... They so, are, like, in this... Like, they get guys like Cleo Ware, like, who was a five-star kind of flopped at good, Oregon. Really good player. Yeah, they got Mbako. By the way, you mentioned this. Too. The roster construction of this team's ridiculous. Mbako, Ware, and... Uh, Renew with no point guard. That's, just, that's just what I was no, getting at. Yeah. That happened yesterday, they're by the just, way, in that game. There's just that's not going to work. Penn State started pressing them yesterday, and mm-hmm. they did not have a ball handler no, anywhere they don't. on the floor. By the way, they. I want to go back to that Penn State team. They were without their leading scorer Kanye Clary and still oh, won by double play? digits. He did oh, not play, yep. and they still crushed them. Sheesh. So where, what I come back to on IU is they need to recruit the state of Indiana, and they're kind of doing so right now. They're going after that Greenville Central kid, uh, Greenfield Central kid, Braylon Mullins, who's really good. They want Trent Sisley out of Heritage Hills. So they're trying to go after these guys. But again, it just it doesn't feel like that they really truly are invested in the state of Indiana. And I think not just the high school kids, but the coaches of these schools, they see right through that. And I think as being so involved with how recruiting went down in high school from the teams that I covered in Mississippi – you have to make relationships and get in good with the coaches. Like that goes a long way. I was going to say the biggest positive thing that the late Bob Knight did is every coach in the state of Indiana respected him to the point where they they would be honored if Bob Knight walked in there. Um, yeah, Coach, coach Woodson should have that for his what what his background at IU is being on from those Indiana. Teams. Yeah, from Indiana, being on those teams. Yeah, um, an Indianapolis boy, um, and he does not have the same stigma. And I, I guess that's. Not fair to say it's on him, but it is. He doesn't have that presence that... Does he want to coach college basketball? It almost seems like he's just... He's there to I collect the check. It's almost like he didn't understand the work that needed to be put Maybe in that's to what rebuild it is. this yeah. program. It's... Because, I mean, in the NBA, just like the NFL, they talk about all these college football coaches leaving for the NFL, that Boston College's head coach went to be a coordinator. Mm-hmm. With yeah, NIL and the transfer portal, it's a 365 
I mean, that's why Brad Stevens will probably never come back to co- will never come back to college. No. Mm-hmm. Is he gets a summer vacation now? Well, I feel like every time that there's a new coaching search for IU, it's oh, Brad Stevens is coming right. home. And that's it's it's not it's probably we say have never. sources to tell you Brad Stevens is never coming back. So I, IU fans get off that train. Okay, I I can't say it's never going to happen because never say never with certain things. But I would agree with you. Yeah. So it there's so many problems right now with it with IU basketball, and it's it's multifaceted. And there's so many layers to it. See, it's not just recruiting. It's like they don't construct a roster. Like it's just no. little stuff. Uh-uh. And by the way, Woodson's 26 and 25 in the Big Ten in his third season. He's <laughs> been okay there. I'll say. But we just. There's a guy we down just south on that conference for yeah. how bad it is now. And like, I'll see. Go get the go get Dusty May. That's he's from Indiana or he's an IU ball that's, boy. I mean, and that's, that's the hire. Honestly, if if they can go and get Dusty May, that's abs- and he can find a way to bring some of the guys that he's mm-hmm. had at Florida Atlantic as well. Because that's that's kind of been the thing now with college basketball is go and get the coach that you want and have him bring the guys mm-hmm. that you had with you at that school. Dusty Dusty May fits that perfectly. But I will say this. I mean, Josh Schertz at Indiana State. He could be that would be a guy I would look to as well because that Indiana State is the second best team in the state of Indiana right now, and it's not even close. Do the I used to fourth best team in the state right now with Butler being better than Butler's. Be, oh yeah, yeah, Butler's definitely mm-hmm. better than IU. Yes, better than crazy. IPY, though. There you go. The other yeah, thing. So if IU does move off past Woodson, we'll address this more in the summer. Um, what they need is for anyone that watched the UConn um, game yesterday against St. John's. Anti-UConn guy, I'm sure we'll dive into that deep. But watching Hurley coach, and I'm not a big Hurley guy either, but there's a timeout where he's firing them. He's talking about, you know, we're getting the road whistle. Um, now they're getting offensive boards are doing this wrong. But the way that he motivates his teams during timeouts, which obviously I'm sure we know he does in practices, pregame, postgame, IU has not had that in someone since maybe Mike Davis is motivational. He wasn't great at X's and O's. Yeah. Kareen was kind of a – goofball in a sense he's I mean, motivational but in a very weird way yeah. i still say Crean was a good coach it just kind of didn't end he got the, he well. did his job he got yeah. them out of the cellar that was mm-hmm. a hard job and a no absolutely. win situation for him and then archie obviously that was bad from the start i thought that was a home run hire i thought it was too. Oh, I, I thought, thought it was a good hire it was like they did it i thought it was boy too. was i wrong so we'll see what direction iu goes in going forward um but it's it's it's, it's been tough for ended them. on this is what's in coaching is he the coach next year i say yes if if they can get a if they can get a decision because I I mean I and I don't know who they want to go and get because maybe that would be more helpful would to know f- exactly but Dusty May would be perfect I mean that would literally be the guy that I think would would honestly fit that program and that team perfectly let me let me change my one hundred percent absolute yes he will be I think what's going to happen we'll see how the season plays out I could see it more being Woodson and the IU brass come together, and they decide together this wasn't a good fit. But mm-hmm. I don't think they want to say we fired Mike Woodson, but Woodson may agree, okay, I'm in over my head. Let's part ways and maybe just he's be He's an part old of. man, too. Yes, it's he like he's Again, I, I don't know if he, wants to, if he wants to be coaching college. I, what, there was some game they lost a couple weeks ago, and there was like a, tw- a picture that got tweeted out of them smoking cigars and drinking wine in like a smoke room or something mm. that got on mm. social media, and everyone was like – what are you doing after a game doing that and taking pictures of it? It was really awkward and weird. I can't remember where that photo was or how it got put out there. but I can assure you no photos are taken of uh, Bill Self in Kansas' post-game celebrations. They get after it. Mm-hmm. We have sources on that. We'll talk, oh, about yeah. that we'll time. talk about that later. And that's a compliment to Bill Self. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's that's that on IU. Obviously, we'll keep an eye Who'd on it. Who would be the funniest person? By the way, I think he'll be back next year, but probably for one more year. Who do you think the funniest person they would hire? I think Archie's the obvious one. Uh, Dane Fife. <laughs> if they somehow brought Dane Fife back, I think that would be hilarious. 
Isn't Keith Smart still assistant coaching somewhere in the he NBA? Is. Keith Smart Maybe is they somewhere. bring Keith Smart in. They just do the NBA thing it's, again. But like, I feel like I use a lot like Michigan, where they can't hire someone that doesn't have a connection to their past. Like they, they are Dan Dockett. It, it's almost it's like to the death of them. They are connected to what they've done in their past, and no, they sorry. have to pick someone from that. Unrealistic, but Nick Dan Dockett would be the highest. That's what I'm going to be pretty. I'm going to start campaigning for this. We get Do- bring them back Dockage home. Dockage to IU. <laughs> Dockage.iu, did start guys, the hashtag. Speaking of, did you guys see my buddy Dan Dockage is back on the radio? I did see that and hear that, yes. He's uh, back on AM radio. Congrats, Dan. Um, I saw, I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. Um, I saw that <laughs> his, uh, the company that hired him out of 30 markets in Indiana, they're 29th out of 30th, so enjoy that scratchy AM radio. In honor of Dockage being back, I'm going to do a political rant once a week, boys, so get ready. Oh, boy. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> um, okay, last thing on on Dockage, by the way, he's actually I like his interviews that he does because he speaks from a coach's standpoint. But man, I do not like his. <laughs> I hate his hot takes. They are so bad. By the way, that is our hot take horn. If you hear any of us have a hot take at any point during the show, I'm going to press that button. So just make sure you get ready for having that going forward. That is also a shout out to my wife Kelly, who suggested Hi, Kelly. we put that in the pod, and we are putting it into action. I'm still single, Kelly. Just FYI. Yes. Good to know. All right. Uh, let's Text move me. on. Uh, Divine Providence. We're going to touch on this real quick, but if you haven't seen it yet, this kind of got around on social media where there was this this, this guy on social media. His name is Blue Demon Degenerate on Twitter, which is a great name. <laughs> Big DePaul fan. But he's been doing kind of monthly... Um, kind of quasi-documentaries on Big East teams of the past and Big East films, and he did one on the Providence Friars. And Providence, and this is something I didn't know until I actually did some research on it, Providence has an incredible basketball history, like Providence College. Dave Gavitt, who's one of the fathers of college basketball, of it is now, was a coach there, took him to a Final Four. Rick Pitino took him to a Final Four in 1987 before he went to the Knicks. Some legends that you've probably heard of before that played at Providence, Lenny Wilkins, Otis Thorpe, Dickie Simpkins played for the Bulls. Obviously, Billy Donovan. Chris Dunn was a lottery pick. Um, Ernie De- Ernie Gregorio was probably their best player. He was the rookie of the year in the NBA in 1974. But in this documentary, and Rick it keeps coach here too. Rick Barnes coached there at the time. Hold yeah. On. So I saw our uh, pre-show notes, and I was pretty upset with you that you left off a name off that Providence list. For those that don't know, obviously in, not Bryce Hopkins. In 1997, they lost in overtime to eventual national championship champion Arizona. Austin Crozier was on that team. Uh, oh, they're a ten seed. They beat second seed at Duke, but the stud of that team, who averaged ten points a game, was God Sham God. Oh God Sham God! What a name! Shout out. Oh, I forgot God Sham God, man. By the way, you saying Providence up saying Duke? We need to do an episode like our favorite like random college March Madness memories. See, like, upsets any, and stuff anytime like that. someone yeah. says we're going to do that at some point, anytime yeah. that someone says God Sham God, I think of Ruben Boomshay Boomshay played at Georgetown, <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, but on Providence, going uh, coming doubling back to that in the documentary, quasi documentary again, this amateur film, they basically it, it chronicled the arrival and exit of Ed Cooley, who's now at Georgetown. And if you aren't intertwined into Big East basketball, the hatred for Georgetown in the Big in the Big East is extraordinary. And it's not something I really ever understood, that vitriol that people have for the Hoyas of the John Thompson era. So people in Providence hate Georgetown. And Ed Cooley grew up in Providence, played in the area, played junior college there, and for 11 years talked about how much he enjoyed the family and the, the fellowship of being at Providence. And after 11 years, decided that he wanted to go to Georgetown and coach the Hoyas. 
And this entire documentary was basically on, you know, how he helped rebuild the program and left Georgetown. And then there was like a five minute stretch of that documentary where the the filmmaker talks about Ed Cooley and potentially the reason why he left Providence was because he was having an affair and was also hooking up with students. So this then came back to the Field of 68. Field of 68 is a podcast. Um, They do a really good job. Uh, Jeff Goodman, John Fanta. John Fanta was actually on the documentary talking um, and being interviewed about Providence because he's got a connection there. And Jeff Goodman, is, who's on the Field of 68... He DMs the guy on Twitter who made the film and basically says, I hope you get a good lawyer. You look good. In, you're going to look good in orange. <laughs> Big Syracuse guy. Which like it in like incredible comment for Jeff Goodman to say. Insane. And ever since then, anytime Jeff Goodman posts something on social media, it's man, Jeff, what do you think? Would I look good in orange? <laughs> but what an asinine thing to say to someone over over DMs. Yeah. Like it, even if you don't know the person, like what what are you doing? But obviously, I would assume that Jeff Goodman and the Field of Sixty Eight have a pretty close connection to Ed Cooley, and they're trying to basically pour water, um, cold water on the entire situation with what's going on with Providence. All I can tell you is, try to find the the documentary on YouTube. It's still bouncing around there. It's try to it basically Providence and Ed Cooley keep trying to take it down from what I've seen and heard. Um, but like it's a very thorough documentary. I downloaded it from YouTube to have it. If you want it, by the way, I will I will personally send it to you over email. Wow. If you if you message, so I'll give you our email address. It's d the number one done d one and done pod at gmail.com. That is d one a n d d o n d n e p o d at gmail.com. The first five people that email us, I will send you the, the documentary if you want it. And if you can go for five bucks, just Vimo Nick dash Mills dash 17. <laughs> you can get that immediately. So I just wanted to mention the whole Providence thing because I think I thought it was an interesting talking point over social media. I know that's getting really deep into the weeds of college hoops, but I wanted to bring it up because I listen to the Field of 68 regularly. I think they do a really good job. But with how much like Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster and all those guys went in on this one amateur filmmaker that did a great job on it, just felt really odd and awkward. Well, thank you for bringing it up because I'm sure like a lot of people who are like me, like I kind of I was seeing the tweets, but I did not know exactly what went down. I try to so, put a little context to it. Yeah. yeah. So, so if, if you love context. if you love college basketball, like the 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 Divine Providence film is actually legitimately great. Maybe I'll send it to both of you guys for you to watch because I. Again, I, I downloaded a copy of it so I can we transfer it to you so you can have it. Um, again, you find that at D1, the letter D, the number one, and done pod at gmail.com. First five people that inquire and email us, uh, I'll send it out. And to real you. quick on Ed Cooley, that's been a rumor for a long time about the affair. Do you, did you yeah. hear what Providence chanted at him? No, at the, what did they say? I don't know if I can say it, like something about like, effing your mistress oh, something yeah. like that. Okay. Like they were ruthless to him and well that's the again that's the Rhode Island in those people like mm-hmm. the northeast like they are ruthless they do not care they they come after you but yeah the vitriol that was in that building when Georgetown came and played a providence about a week and a half ago was pretty extraordinary and Georgetown's still really bad too. Georgetown's still terrible it's going to be a, quite the cleanup for you, you talk about Ed a Cooley. program building that program up goodness yeah. that's a long way to go for Georgetown nice job Pat Ewing so i try to do my best to dismiss personal life from your actual job um that goes back to like the tiger woods days i mm-hmm. remember people would be like oh look what your boy did it's like okay that's fine he's still a great golfer um yeah, so the affairs looking part, back on that people act like he committed a crime i know like it's not good but like 
Uh, I got blown. We'll continue, though. Yeah. Well, so, about so that, if that's true, that's unfortunate. But it's not our marriage. We don't know what's going on there. But I can understand why that can cause external issues, especially when you're doing it in-house. Um, look at Ime Uduko, or Udoko, now the Rockets coach with, right. the, with the Celtics. I mean, he's a heck of a coach and got ran out because of the same thing. We still don't know what came from that, right? I think we they've never reported what happened, right? The he E-mate apparently thing? was sleeping with someone inside... Um, it wasn't with the, the like the actual Boston organization. Yeah, someone think? in okay. the organization. I just don't know if we ever like knew one hundred percent sure. Yeah, so him and his, I believe they're just boyfriend and girlfriend. Technically, they are estranged. Um, this is from reports I've actually heard from Houston sources, so I don't know the whole thing. Wow. So that's difficult. the The biggest thing I get out of it is Jeff Goodman gets a lot of crap. Um, he's a quirky guy. I understand that. I'm I, he, to me, he presents information, and that's what I follow him for. Sure. You got to be bigger than that. You can't go back at that guy thinking it's no. not going to get posted. There's plenty of times that someone has, even today, I'll read Twitter and it was back to the Kentucky and people saying certain things. And I just want to just call someone an idiot and, and not as nice of a word. And I'm like, you know what? It does. It's not big enough. It's, I mean, it's not yeah. that important. Whatever. If people want to be idiots, don't let them be. Like, just, I understand he's trying to stand up for his guy, but. Goodman's got to be bigger than that. It's there's no. It's, it's a lose lose situation for him. With that said, I'm <laughs> now we're going to be the a hole. Instead, I did some research <laughs> today. <laughs> apparently, apparently Ed Cooley cheated on his SATs and had to take him like four times in high school. What? Hey, hey, hey! We're this is John Calipari. <laughs> we can't be talking about SATs on here. Oh, uh, correct, correct. I did not know that. Yes, yes. Deep, oh deep gosh. research by me over here, man. But let's be fair. He was what eighteen at the time. Right. We all make mistakes when we're eighteen. Of course, like. Cheating on your SATs. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything bad that I did when I was. <laughs> I've never done or anything. Anything I'm, bad. To, anything I'm willing to admit. Statue limit. See, the statute of limitations on us, we're fine. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you're like six years removed from that. Well, more like three. I think six. That's enough, right? Statute yeah, of limitations. Sure. I think it's usually like fifteen. Okay. Well, I'm, you're not a lawyer, so <laughs> my sister take, is though. Well, she's not here. All right, but we'll have to call her up. What, so you know a lawyer means you know the law? I sure do. My dad works at a hospital, but I can't operate on anyone. Am I being detained? No. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, real quick. I just remember to say that every time. <laughs> real quick about the SAT. That's my favorite fa- uh, fancy football punishment. When guys have to take the SAT. It's so good. It's so simple. It, it's, it's, it's so hilarious. It's better than the Waffle House. It is. Eat a waffle, lose an hour in, for being 24 <laughs> hours. That's so much like better. Like 7 a.m. on Saturday and take yeah. a test with a bunch of high schoolers. It's so effing funny. Um... Last, yeah, that's just so shout out actually. Just, just be careful what you're putting on social media. Mm-hmm. It's and it's always yeah, been that, that, that was way, my whole but, point. But yeah, like I know that as I worked in the sports journalism media field for a long time, you do start thinking of yourself as bigger than what you really are. I think in certain instances, and you think you're there. I know there are certain journalists who think they're bulletproof and can say and do whatever they want. We're all replaceable. <laughs> AI is coming. <laughs> Let's be honest. We we can all be replaced with with someone else. Um, that's just how it is. You think, so you think Mahomes could be replaced? Yeah. Okay. So is, is Chad Henney still there? Anything? Anything uh, retired? Hennessy. Oh, we have uh, Blaine Gabbard. Oh, Blaine. The Blaine train. Did you say we have Blaine Gabbard? <laughs> no, Are you a Chiefs fan now? No, just as a society. Oh, as a, we as a society. No, we did get on the Chiefs bandwagon last week, and I can't attest to that. Oh man. Well, I bet on them. that Nate was giving me. Sh- Almost said the crap. Yes, crap for it. Yeah. So I was like, screw it. I'm going all in. Chief Nick. By the way, we, we I'm are, a chief aholic. Going forward, just to we want to acknowledge, you know, 
we don't want to be explicit in this pod. We want to be mm. kind and considerate with our language to everyone because we want everyone to be able to listen. So we won't say Dick Vitel. Can't say that. Well, we, I mean, you can say it. You can say Richard. If you, Richard okay. Vitel, okay, if you want sure. to. Yeah. Sure. Okay, you, you can just say to make sure. Okay. All right, let's switch gears really quickly before we say anything else that's dumb. Dick Vitel. Let's move on to this part of the show where we're going to shout out some mid-major teams that we love. And if there was ever a year for college basketball to shout out some of the lower-level teams, it's going to be this year. There are so many great teams across the lower conferences and college hoops that are so much fun to watch. Heck, we watched Loyola Chicago Davidson today, Mm -hmm. and it was a good game. Um, And we all, as much as we love college basketball, that's why we love getting into the weeds on this kind of stuff. So, Nick, I want you to talk about your mid-major team that you want to shout out that's making waves. I know you got a lot of them that you want to go. I have a here. lot. By the way, we do love mid majors. I don't think Dusty does because he just dipped on us. So um, maybe he <laughs> hates mid majors. Uh, we don't, though, Robbie. Are we the pod for mid majors? I think so. Maybe that could be which our is, tagline, which going is forward. fitting because we're kind of mid ourselves. Oh, that fits perfect. I know, right? Yeah, wow. But okay. Anyway, Robbie, since Nick. the first show, and maybe not everyone here is like you know in the weeds as college basketball as we are. Yeah. So I just want to shout the Mountain West. That's my mid major. So good this year. Just so if people don't know. The Mountain West is my favorite conference, and it is actually one of the best conferences in basketball this year, okay? As of here today, we have five teams currently in the tournament, okay? Let me read them off for you real quick. Again, I like that you're saying we. We're, 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 <laughs> we're putting down some lines here. The Royal We. I like it. So Utah State, six seed. Utah State's the best team in the conference. They're awesome. Even, Even though they lost to San Diego State yesterday. They lost to San Diego State San Diego yesterday. State played great in that game. Which shit, speaking of which, San Diego State's also a six seed right now. Oh, how about that? Not much to say about the reigning national runners up as well. Absolutely, they're just all reliable. They're just they've been Jaden Ladee, honestly, so good. Other than Gonzaga, maybe the best mid major program the last 15 15 years, something like that. I would would say, I mean, Kawhi was there, what 2011, 12? Yeah, he's 2011 draft by the Pacers, but never played for the Pacers. But uh, oh, whoops, yeah. Anyway, Moving on. Continue on. <laughs> Colorado State's a seven seed. They have my favorite player in the conference, Isaiah Stevens. He's good. <laughs> He's they, really good. They played Creighton this year and beat him by like 107 points. Yeah. New Mexico. I know Stacey doesn't coach Colorado State anymore, does he? I don't think. No, he doesn't. I was making a joke. Okay, but he hit me on There's no way he does. No. New Mexico's the eight seed right now. They may have one of the best Lobos. home court advantages, even though they just lost to home to Boise State. But they are oh, really lost wow. on Wednesday, so that okay. they're an eight seed right now. They have names you know: Richard Patino, Patino's son, Jamal Mashburn's kids on the team. Jamal Mashburn Jr. is good. He's Ed, a good basketball player. Eddie House kids. Eddie, yeah. Eddie House. House's kids there. Yeah, no they way. Have names on New for, for those. Uh, quick segue: one of the greatest polls in the history of definitely <laughs> yeah. basketball. Um, Sports Illustrated, correct, Nick? If you recall that, mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated used to put out a weekly poll. Uh, also, RAP Sports Illustrated. I'm sure we can dive oh, into wow, that yeah. at some episode. Oh mm-hmm. gosh. They, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> they polled, uh, it was like 300 NBA players in one year, and the question was, who's the worst ball handler in the NBA? Four, I'm going to get these names wrong, but four of the top five were basically Shaq, Yao Ming, and two other prominent big men, and just in the middle at fourth was guard Eddie House. <laughs> Shout out Mike Pruden for that. We might have to tweet that out, a picture that out. It's so great. I hope Mike listens to the show, by the way. Mike is someone I value his opinion a lot. He does 100%. a great job at IU. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Mount, I mean. And then one more Boise State's currently in the tournament right now. It's at 10 seed. Boise they just State's beat, a good team. They just won in New Mexico. They're tied for first in Mountain West. By the way, sneaky good sports program. And good if you want a reason yes. to watch Mountain West as Nick continues the knowledge, uh, two Saturdays ago, so eight days ago, Wyoming. 
Yeah. And that conference was down 11 with 58 seconds left and came back and won in overtime. Really? Yep. And it was against one of those teams. Do you That's, Bo- Boise, I, maybe? I was going to make that point. A lot of these top teams have lost in the road. Like, they've lost to NLV, Wyoming. Yes. Uh, Nevada's like, a team you haven't mentioned. Nevada's really are good this year. They're the fir- in the first four out right now for you Hoosier fans. Steve Allfirst, a coach out there. I was going to say, I was going about to drop that. Guess who's the head coach in Nevada? So, yeah. like, it is just a fun conference. And, like, Dusty alluded to, like, these teams have lost to other teams in the conference too. It's, so it's a so here is just awesome. I'm sure we. I mean, we all know this, but I mean, this is a great segment because I'm learning along with all of you, and I know all the listeners are. If you're trying to find like a team that you want to latch on to come tournament time, this is a perfect time to listen in on this. Mitch mm-hmm. And another stuff. thing, so I actually myself am not a big gambler. My two co-hosts are. So you go not no, hold, on, the, hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, please bet responsibly. Yes. yes. First off, second off, I'm not. We'll get to that. Oh. Okay. I, I, I do be. not game. I want my wife I, I to know I'm not. Okay, I'm not. Sorry. I've, let me, let I've me had the same that. twenty dollars in my account for two months. That's why I can't take okay. those on except for I his keep money blowing line. all my money yeah, on except for his Carl money State plus seven. No, we're not talking about that though. But for those that like to okay watch recreationally, like I do. Um, the Mountain West coverage, if you do want to grab on that conference or grab onto a team or, like I said, place bets or parlays at night, CBS Sports Network covers them almost every single night during the week. So if you want a 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. Yeah, tip there's off, always a and CBS West Sports game, Network yeah. is where to find most of those games. And if they're not for any reason, get this. Jake Mills, our other brother, discovered this. There's a Mountain West conference app. Yes. Oh, app. No, okay. no sign-in, no nothing. Really? You just download the app. So if you're streaming services, there's just a Mountain West conference <sighs> we may have app. To, I may have to pick a Mountain West team to support this year. <gasps> Do we all pick a team? So, well, okay, but before that, I want to mention. So, um, since the turn of the millennium, in before last year's tournament, I believe that the Mountain West was one in twenty in the NCAA tournament. That's what I was going to get to. As yes, well. last year was the first year that there was actually a Mountain West team that made a run. So that's why San Diego State making the final national championship game was absolutely extraordinary that they did that because that conference, while it has been really good, like really, really good in the past. No, their their tournament struggles have to be brought up. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it, it's like you said, it's not it just one bad. T- I think it was one in twenty in the last. Well, yeah. 10 I mean, we, we can't make the Big Ten joke. Not even trying to be funny. If we're right. not going to bring up that. Yeah. Well, especially because I remember I can't. So twenty two. They had well, six teams make the tournament. Five of them lost in the first round. So BYU was the one team that I was going to shout out because that's Ch- the Jim Furyk team. So it was after that year. That's when the Mountain West kind of always got teams in, but could never really win. Like mm-hmm. Utah State had always been there. Colorado State had a really good team with David Roddy two years ago that lost to Michigan in the first round. That was a great Colorado great. State team. So, like the and, Mountain West is a really good conference. And did you guys know just a fun fact when UNLV made their runs back in the early nineties, they were not a part of the Mountain West. So you can even date of it. Course. Back were they an independent team? Big West. They were a Big West team. Shout out. Shout the Big West. Big West. Jeez, what yeah, a conference. Sh- shout the Mountain West is Should one of the mention, best I want to give you a fun stat for San Diego State. They are sixteen and zero in their last sixteen games after a loss. Sheesh. It's like a Belichick. Number. Can you can you <laughs> believe that? See, and that that's not that's not counting that back. So there was a back to back game two years ago. They lost in Atlantis. If you take that out, because again, it's a back to back game. No one plays back to back anymore. Huh? So there's a bit of an asterisk. Now nine and zero in their last nine, then, but sixteen and zero of non back to backs over the last three years, and they've won seventeen straight home games. And by the way, you mentioned the run. They think they had beat Alabama last year on the way to yeah. running Brandon Miller. So I mean, it was a legitimate run. Be a crane team that was highly ranked going to season yeah. eight, eight. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I'm with you on the Mountain West. I I yes. like them a lot. They got a lot of really good teams. Yeah, I please don't go one and five in the tournament again. 
please. So maybe we should give like a weekly Mountain West update then, I guess. I think we should it's, it's a, a really it's a proper car. I mean, I'm picking Colorado State because I love Isaiah Stevens. That's right. that's my guy. We I be a Colorado love State Colorado State. We should be a Colorado State. They pod. are so much fun to watch. Um, Dusty, your mid-major team that you want to shout out this week. I have one team and one conference. Um, so for those who don't know, I am huge on the small conferences. That's why I've created those binders back in the day. Um, for those who don't follow college basketball closely or are still learning, um, those that want to help, you know, want help putting together the, the, their March Madness bracket, part of the reason I love the small conferences is, for those who don't know, about 95% of the teams in Division One are already in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Similar to high school, you play your sectional or some state your district, whatever you call it. About 95% of teams make their conference tournament. If you win your conference tournament, you automatically make the NCAA tournament. So you could be. I love the reasoning behind this, by the way. Keep going. Yeah. So, so. Is that beautiful, though? Like, Central Connect has taken us to win 10 games in a row in March. And, like, you're national champs. Yes. <laughs> no yeah. questions asked. Yeah. You could walk in <laughs> at 3 and 13 and be Texas Southern, but you made the SWAC tournament as the ninth seed. If you go win your next 10 games, you're the national champion. <laughs> so that's why I love the small conferences. My conference. So, going forward, as we go through multiple years, I would like to start. Showing a different uh, conference each week, oh. starting in November, and just kind of profile them. I love that. Love obviously, that idea. Obviously, real late in the year this year. <laughs> so the team right now is Grand Canyon University. Oh, the Lopes! When I was thinking about being a teacher and changing my career about five years ago, I almost took online courses there. Really? Yeah, show oh, tra- no. teacher. Yeah, yeah. You know, know Robbie I- inspired me more than just solo singing at church. Oh, every teacher I know is kind of weird. Hold on, why are you? Why keep learning stuff that you'd never tell me? I. You actually wanted to be a teacher, and it's because I got into yeah, it? Yeah, I still get emails from Grand Canyon. So it's for those who don't know... The we, we, need an int- like, we need a therapist on the pod that's like with us that's like telling... A little therapist you're, couch, Yeah, you're, you're giving me some... Yeah, anyway, continue. So, so Grand Gr- Canyon. Grand Canyon, I believe they're 19-2 and two this year. 20-2. and two. Let me confirm There's something, too. I, I saw the bomb line I didn't write that number down, but for those who don't know... 21-2. Their head coach is Bryce Drew. Um, for those who don't remember, Bryce Drew hit the game-winning shot for Valparaiso to beat Ole Miss, Ole Miss in the 96. Six. Correct. I was mm-hmm. driving home from – not driving. I was in the backseat. My dad was driving from basketball practice that day at Fort Sill Elementary School. So Bryce Drew, who bounced around, actually played for the Rockets at one point as well. He did. Yes, Short I remember NBA that. career, probably a couple other teams. Mm-hmm. He was at Grand Canyon University. Their home games, they are electric. I've seen those. Those so are you, incredible. Yeah. If you guys want another team to look for, go look at the home odds when Grand Canyon's playing at home. I, I think um I don't know who heavily invested in their program, but like they've it was got a like big a name. Was the Suns player the Dan Marley? Was it Mar- Marley? He he has some connection to Thunder I, Dan. I think so, yeah. Thunder Dan. Um but like they stream all of their games on like they have their own like broadcasting channel, kind of like how BYU has BYU TV, I believe. <laughs> I think it's the same thing with Grand Canyon, if Long I'm not mistaken. Network. Yeah, so, yeah, something they, like that. They probably so, have like side screen. You can take your lecture on the screen to the right as the game's going on the left. <laughs> something like that. But anyway, yeah, if you want to, like Grand Canyon has like, they have like a crazy student section every single game. Um, I would love for them to win the WAC again because they made the tournament last year. Real quick, Dan Marley was a coach at Grand Canyon from Okay, coach at Grand Canyon then. That's how it's the connection. Okay. So I, I love that. He shot a lawsuit against Grand Canyon over the handling of his firing in pending salaries. Okay, I'm guessing he's not the donor that you're speaking of. <laughs> yeah, then. Definitely not. not the donor then. <laughs> so my conference of the week though is one that doesn't allow most teams to make their conference tournament. That's why I thought, I thought you were going for that on that argument. Yeah, so the, I know where you're going here. So our, uh, our nerds out in the Ivy League only allow four of their schools to make the tournament so the top four seeds all make it. So you're going from talking about you want to be a teacher now you're bringing up the Ivy League. You're just a, a nerd a over scholar. there. Gotta cover a scholar. All of it. <laughs> I did not cheat on my SATs. 
and I got a 32 on my ACT and didn't make it into Florida. No comment for Again, that. Again, I did not know that either. Yep. And I thought me getting a 27 on the ACT was impressive. You got a 32? Jeez. You should go to Kentucky. You only need like a six to get into Kentucky. I guess you did go So Kentucky. you just got to write your yeah, name on a sheet of Kentucky. paper, and then you get into Kentucky? <laughs> and then I purposely failed my uh, pre-course to college algebra so I could get an easy A. Um, I did that. Easy A is a sneaky good movie. So the uh, uh, correct. Good shout there, Emma Stone. <laughs> so the Ivy League is a three-team race right now, for those who don't know. Yep. So it's between Cornell... Cornell. Cornell. <laughs> well, I was giving Yale's one. <laughs> you did a big Ray. Cornell, who has not been to a Sweet 16 since that team in 2010. That made this, yeah. Mm-hmm. They had my ex-Kentucky teammate Mark Curry on the team. They lost to Kentucky and John Wall to Yeah, Marcus Kentucky Cousins. worked him in that game, they I did. remember. Yeah. Um, Yale, Cornell and Yale are both 6-0. They both beat in Princeton, who's 4-2. Which surprises me, because Princeton was really yeah. good. Princeton was... People don't remember, made the Sweet 16 last year. Sweet 16 team did. as a 15 seed, yeah. So Princeton was 15-1 and one with one loss to St. Joseph's, but then they lost at Cornell and at Yale by 15-14, and 14 respectively. Oh, jeez. Um, Cornell and Yale both have better schedules and much tougher losses. Cornell lost to George Mason, Syracuse, Baylor. Yale has lost to Gonzaga, a couple smaller ones, Kansas and Rhode Island. Um... And I see that Princeton does play both of them at home, February 17th against Yale on ESPN2, and then March 2nd against Cornell as well. So three-team race. The name that most people know is Xavier Lee, plays for Princeton. He's the third-leading scorer in the league at 17.8 a game. Yep. Um, Cornell is um, – I'm spacing on their stud's name. Andy Bernard. <laughs> yes, good. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We'll, we'll just go with the Andy's Cornell team. So I'm going to lean on. I think Princeton actually will get together. Two tough road losses. I we'll think see so what too, yeah. home. So Princeton's my team to beat in the Ivy League. But I have a player to watch for a team. There's a horrible team that currently has the four seed. It is Brown. Shout out. The Bears. They have the conference's leading scorer in Keno Lilly Jr., <laughs> who happens to be a junior. He was um, Ivy League uh, freshman or newcomer of the year. His freshman year is a stud. And I want I'm like waiting for Brown to sneak in as that four seed. Like I said, currently two and four in the conference. Upset someone, and then we have a showdown um, in New York. They played at Columbia's gym in New York. Robbie, you said that you've been to that. Columbia's I've been gym. to Columbia. I've shot baskets in that gym after covering. I was covering a, uh, the NIT when Mississippi State was there in New York, and they practiced at Columbia's gym. Hell yeah! So <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a solid gym. Which, that's the other thing that you guys will like, too. If you get bored and you go watch on these small conference gymnasiums. I was watching Bethune-Cookman play home game uh, last week. Oh, and, that's like a high school gym. And they literally had, yeah. the, they had the stage with the curtains uh-huh. on the yep. baseline. And cheerleaders, there's no space. So they're actually standing half on the stage, half on the baseline. So going forward, I will start giving you guys, because the, most of the small conferences, they only have four weeks left of the regular season. So we'll start following these really close conference races over the next four Love weeks. That. Love um, that. I, I'm pulling for Harvard to be that fourth team, unfortunately. So I'm going to be going against you because Harvard has a freshman guard by the name of Malik Mack, who is a baller. Uh, he went off against IU in a neutral site game at uh, Gamage Fieldhouse back in November. Or, or I think it was beginning of December. And ever since oh, I watched yeah. him play, I was like, man, I like Harvard. And I like that Malik Mack kid. So he's a freshman averaging 19 a game right now. 
Um, but Harvard kind of going through some rough some rough seed right now as so they're two and four I, in the I'm league. I'm glad you brought up the Ivy League because they've had tournament success. You mentioned Cornell two sixteen, Princeton, Princeton, Yale made the round thirty two in twenty sixteen. They yeah when they beat Baylor yeah beat Baylor mm-hmm. yeah that's when Tony Prince had the all time oh, press record. When I go up and get I got the rebound. You you put your hands and, on the ball and you come down with <laughs> you it. You come down. That's a rebound. <laughs> and they got more of those than we did. And that's how we lost. The Such game. a good line. So yeah, I I love and I love the fact for the Ivy League because I saw I Nerds. when you were making that um argument i love the fact that you have to earn your way into that conference tournament and finish in the top four i don't you don't like it you want everyone to be involved i want everyone in that, uh, okay that's my whole fair spiel enough. with the small conferences i, I want a team to go oh, i would yeah. i agree with you every other conference yes the ivy league they're all gonna be ceos and running the world soon so right i want them to get some pain yeah. and misery in their life it, so please the, sponsor our podcast please sponsor our podcast ivy league ceos um Who's still the head coach? At, do you guys know who the head coach at Harvard is right now? Is it still Tommy Amaker? Still Tommy Amaker. He's been there. He's 10 been there years, for a, right? no, like Longer, 20, twenty years. Yeah, he's been there a long. The time. The Yale coach has been there forever too. Yeah. Um. Oh, what's his name? They have t- it's like a professor. They're they're tenured. <laughs> I, I, I love their I love their head coach because he's he did a couple. Um, it's an African American man. Yeah, he he did a couple pregame speeches uh, before their March Madness. Oh, games. I got it. I loved it. James Jones. James Jones. That's who it was. Yeah. Um. They had a guy that actually got picked in the second round of the tournament, or some second round of the oh, draft yeah. a few years ago. Mie Oni, I think his name yeah. was. Well, good, um, good. So yeah, Yale, really good team. Um, let me shout out my mid-major team. And even though the American Athletic Conference is considered a mid-major conference, they're one of the top three conferences in the country right now. So, But I want to give a shout out to the team that's currently on top of the American. That is the Charlotte 49ers. Charlotte. Boo. A team that... Why, why are you booing Charlotte? The Owls, my... Oh, FAU. Yeah, they're ahead of For people who don't know, I have a weird affinity for FAU starting off young, so I will be an Alice fan on the pot as well, just a yes. forewarning. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll continue that going. So Charlotte has won, Charlotte's won eight straight. They had their first sellout at their um, arena, Halton Arena, in 11 years on Saturday uh, with their win. They lead the American Conference currently, 96 in the net, 101 in Ken Palm. So they're kind of hovering around that, but they still probably need to get a couple big wins. Um, their best player, who I love the most, is Igor Milicic. He, he transferred in from Virginia. He averages 13 and 8. He's 6'10 and shoots 37% from three. Hell yeah. So <laughs> love, some, love me some Charlotte. And honestly, I, I love the American as a whole. Um, I mean, my second favorite team in the American is probably Andy Kennedy's UAB Blazers because I will forever be a fan of Andy Kennedy. Get blazed. I love UAB. I, I hope they make a run. But that conference, the... the what, North he, Texas has been good for a North while. North Texas has there. been good. They beat some team in the tournament a couple years back that I don't remember very <laughs> clearly. But can you believe that the team in last in the American is Wichita State right now? They're 1-8 in the conference. Me and Crab had discussion about a couple weeks ago. No program has fallen to hell more Final than... Final Four team from, what, 10 years ago, I 20, think? So 2013. And yeah. then they're... What? I don't know the number one overall seed, but they're undefeated one seed yeah, in 2014 uh-huh. with NBA players Crazy. on the team. Crazy how far they've fallen so quickly. Yeah, and there's just no sign of life at all. No, uh-uh. Greg Marshall, what happened? Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, that's what bad leadership can lead to. Yeah, that's you're not wrong. So, Also, did you guys know why Charlotte is the 49ers? It's not the same as the NFL team. I don't. I'm trying to think. It was founded in 1749. Close enough. Um, they're going to be shut down. They were the Charlotte Center for the University of North Carolina. And they're going to be shut down by the state, but Bonnie Cohn saved the school in 1949. Shout out Bonnie. And that's why they're called the 49ers? Yes. That's awesome. But, but you know what? I, I I know we're producing this pod, but like I love this pod already, and this, I know, and and, and we're a part like 
Okay, it's still early. But <laughs> anyway, I agree. Um, I, but by the way, is Charlotte the best team in Charlotte for basketball? They could beat the Hornets, right? Oh yeah, I think so. Okay, we're yeah, Lamelo is overrated. Please win tonight, Pacers. They play them tonight. Oh, please win tonight. <laughs> yeah, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully the Pacers have won. All right. Uh, we're going to do that every single week. Shout out a team and even a conference going forward as we look to the head to, to March. Maybe give you a team to watch out for. I remember a couple years back, um, I shouted out Richmond on Twitter, and sure enough, they came around and beat Iowa in the first round. So every now and then, we come up with a couple hits on that stuff. Which we didn't get to a table. I'm sure talk about like The A-10 is awesome. You mentioned Richmond and Dayton are A-10's both really great good. This year. So yeah, a lot of check fun. that, out, that so, out um, We'll obviously have much more on mid-major teams going forward. But now I want, as of right now, I want your final four plus one. So basically, give me your four Your four you think you're going to be in the Final Four this year, slash however you want to see it, and give me a team that you're looking at right now to watch out for. Dusty, I'm starting with you. My four, and just to tailor this to me, um, unless something changes, my plus one is going to be an SEC team to look okay. at. Um, I don't get plus ones at yeah, weddings because th- th- of single. Exactly. Think of the four mm-hmm. teams. At, think of the plus one as a, a person you're bringing to at your wedding, but single Nick doesn't. I've never had a plus one, one, so you wouldn't know. But you, I Dusty and I are So aware. my four teams are, after this weekend, North Carolina. Um, I I think them and UConn at the moment are the two best teams in the country. Uh-huh. Uh, but I have North Carolina. I do have Purdue. Woo! And I'm going to dive into them later thanks to some fan questions. Okay. Uh, Houston, that defense, I mean, I think – Saturday was uh, it was an, a, anomaly. It, an anomaly. It, losing losing at Kansas, yeah. Mm. And then to me, there is we've talked about this conference, but there's always a team in the last really decade that makes a crazy run we're not expecting. So at, for me right now, I have a great stat on that. So do I. I'll okay. mention here in a Assuming second. Assuming that they break this conference's <laughs> situation, and my only fear with them is they are so good at home. But I have as my other final four team right now, New Mexico. Love uh, the Lobos. And then I have my SEC, best SEC, SEC team right now. Your plus Horse. one. And the reason they're plus one, I don't necessarily think they're the best team in the SEC right now, but they have such good guard play. We all know guard wins in March. Mm-hmm. Guard play wins in March is I have Alabama right now, who since those three losses. They beat the crap out of Mississippi yeah. State Saturday night. And since those three losses, was <laughs> that Atlantis or Maui? When They were not in Maui for sure. No, they weren't in Maui. Um Maybe but that's when also Purdue, Creighton, Arizona. Where are you guys playing at? What tournament? I don't think we played in Maui. Those are different games. I don't think those it was like a tournament setting. Yeah, they, games. they played Creighton at Creighton. Yeah. So it was just three in a row, mm-hmm. though, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Since that yeah, game, and, yeah, we played so we played them in Toronto. Okay. That was that um when if Charles Bediaco was still gonna be on Alabama and he's a Canadian, it was supposed to be the Bediaco versus Edie gotcha. Canada game. Ignorance on my part. You seen Toronto team Matthews won the All Star game, Robbie? Continue on. We're not <laughs> but, a hockey pod. But since then, um they their only loss is at Tennessee. And I think that's not bad. That's an acceptable loss. I mean, it's not South Carolina. Speaking of which, no, it's not. Um, uh, that that gives me a good segue to my final four. And because they stomp South Carolina. So go ahead. Shh, we don't care. Uh, my final four: UConn, Kentucky, North Carolina, and I'm actually got Florida Atlantic as my yeah! fourth team in the final four. And, and let me give you a little. Let me. My, I'm gonna go with. Here's the best way to explain it. I'm going with the Butler theory here on Florida uh. Atlantic where you have a mid-major team that made the Final Four that everyone talked about. It was like, oh, this is great. And they bring back almost their entire team. And everyone's going to be like, oh, it's it's Florida Atlantic. We're, we're, we're going to get them this year. And like John L. Davis is a freaking baller. From Indiana. From Indiana. He is so good. They got a Weatherspoon on there that's Quindary's little brother, Brandon, who's really, really good. They still get... <laughs> Golden down low. Freaking Golden is still a monster uh, in there. Nick Boyd is the other good guard uh-huh. for them. So, like, they've got really good guards, and when they want to defend, they will defend. 
very similar to what Butler was going through when they were into a back-to-back Final Four. So that's my Final Four th- Butler theory that's on FAU. That's a great you comparison, Can you Robbie. make a Stevens to May coaching, young, young fiery coach Both from well. Indiana, Indiana both ties. From Indiana ties. This is... I'm talking myself into taking Florida Atlantic in the Final Four again. Um, and then my plus one, I love South Carolina. I love South Carolina. They defend their biskies off. And if Michi Johnson can find his shot, he's been so bad the last couple games for him. Ohio State transfer, really good guard. If they can figure it out, South Carolina is a team I do not want to see in March. I want to shout out to Coach Lamont Paris because I made his argument someone two years ago. I think of all the power six jobs, I would argue South Carolina might be one of the hardest to it's win. It's one at. of the toughest. Like if you actually look at their they have like no like no success. No. Like none. Like that's why when Frank Martin took that Sendarius Thornwell team to a mm-hmm. final four, that made that crazy impressive too. Dude, yeah. I think they have seven tournament appearances since like nineteen seventy or something. Like seven. Crazy. It, like there's no history of success there. So shout Lamont Paris. And how amazing is it that you think of South Carolina not being anything more than maybe a football school. No, they're that, South Carolina is a baseball school. Baseball, 100% sorry, sorry, a baseball sorry. school, yes. I was helping our viewers here. Yeah. Um, but their men's and women's basketball teams are combined 39-3 and three right now. I guess. Their women's team is going to win it all this year. I'm pretty convinced of that. Yeah, they're so good. Um, before we get to your final four, what okay? The, what is this? I want to get my stat out of what here. What is this? Okay. Oh, you. A five-seed or lower has been in the final four of every tournament in the last 10 years. A five-seed or lower. And 12 of the last 13. Since the turn of the millennium, 15 of the 24 Final Fours have had a five-seater lower. Robbie, we damn near have the same stats. Yep. So since 2013, a seven-seater higher has made the tournament every year except once. So 2019... Has made the Final Four, you yeah. mean? Yeah, okay. so the five-seater was the highest. But every year... So Florida was- Atlantic last year, North Carolina was an eight-seed, UCLA was the eleven. Auburn was the 5, Loyola 11, South Carolina 7, Syracuse 10, Michigan State 7, Kentucky UConn 8 and 7, Wichita State 9. Crazy. So when we're obviously we're going to have a big bracket show once we have once we get closer to it, but something to consider on your brackets is find a 5 seed or lower, see if you can see what kind of matchups they I mean it's kind of it ends up being luck because Florida Atlantic would have lost to Purdue in the second round anyway last year I guess we'll never know we'll Robbie. never know will mm-hmm. we because Purdue didn't make it there I don't know how they didn't but anyway that's a, that's a really fun stat so Nick give me your final four plus one see this is so you put this on the, the rundown this is always interesting like what's the theory like am I picking the four best teams that's what, I, how do you see it that's kind of also like do you kind of think or like Kind of thing like okay, do I pick a one seed and a two seed and three seed? Since it never works out that like you know four one seeds made it make mm-hmm. it. So that's how I went. I picked basically my favorite one two three and then one off the board. Nick, okay. we gave you the canvas. You just have to paint it. And I'm a, I'm a great. Oh, painter. I like the way to put that. I'm a cough my ear like Van Gogh. But before I do that, it's like Wedding Crashers where Jeff that that was a painting, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I did this for you. Easy A, Wedding Crashers. All Great references in the first show, man. See, we, we know, can pop, only go, we we know, know pop culture on the show. We got some big pop culture references. Can only go down from here, but yes. Give me your final four plus one. Dick Vitale. Okay, I had Houston. I've been, I love Houston You're every still year. on Houston? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I do this every year. Marquette's a team I still love every year. Oh, no. Despite uh-uh. Shaka Smarts no. never made to the Sweet 16 other than that one run. No. I know, idiot. I, I trust Tyra Kolick. Tyra Kolick will take us there. They're going to get out-rebounded by a team that bullies them. So continue on. This is to me. There's always one Final Four team I think I hate. Like I don't know how they make kind of like Miami last year. I don't mm-hmm. know how like there's this is Illinois to me this year. And Ellen, I know what? I I don't like it. it just You've given like, me three teams that I think have no which, chance of making by the a way, Final Four. We don't want to get into the Terrence Shannon is playing basketball for Illinois. We don't have to get into the details. Just we note, don't. No, just want to note that for people. He okay. is playing for them. He is playing. Yes. And then kind of my the seven C and I'm looking at. 
Colorado State Isaiah Stevens. Isaiah Stevens! The Kimball, you need, My Rams! You always need the one guy that, to take you, like the Kimball Walker everyone yeah. likes to point to. Isaiah Stevens or uh, Marquise Noel last year is another uh, good example of that. Marquise Noel. So, so that's my Colorado State. And my plus one all year is going to be FAU. Just plus my <laughs> plus one. They're my love. They're my heart. So Al's are my plus one. We'll see you in Phoenix. All right. So um, yours, your final four is the third best. I would say Dusty's the second best. <laughs> We're mine's raking first. our fucking your, your final four was – that was terrible. Like li- Literally, Marquette, if they play against any team that could rebound, they're toast. If I told you Marquette – if I told you Miami single state are making a final four last year, like that's, that makes no sense. No, it you doesn't. You need to be a little – yeah, but again, Shaka's teams ever since VCU, yeah. they are terrible in March. It's a t- they, last year was supposed to be the team, <laughs> right? With Omax Prosper, and they got worked by Michigan State. It's a tower call effect. All right, it's right now they're going to call it with your prediction about rebounding of Marquette. Marquette, it will end up with a three seed. No, Matrix time at two today. Okay. I was going to say, I think they end up at at least with a three. Okay, they're going to falter a little bit, get a five seed. They're going to play a team that, once they're playing a game as a 12 seed, they're going to lose to Florida in the first round, who is a very top two rebound. That's a team scary the matchup for them. Yep. Yeah, Florida over Marquette. <laughs> there is a there was a segment that I teased. I think when we were kind I like of when you talking tease about me. single Nick. There's <laughs> there's a segment that I wanted to tease talking about teams you don't want to see in March. We're going to get to that eventually, but Florida is a team that I would want to stay away from in March. If they, I mean, Jake is going to love this. Cut that part. We're gonna cut this part out. <laughs> cut that. But yeah, that's that's a Florida team that they're they're starting to get some momentum really quick, and I, I think they could be a team to watch out for. All right, final four plus one. All right, let's look ahead to the week ahead. I thought I had the best final four. Just I disagree. <laughs> Your week ahead. What to watch for? I've got a couple games I'm looking out for. I always love when Kansas plays at Kansas State. That's a game coming up too. Monday night. Octagon of Doom games are always fun. Butler has been really good on the road lately for some crazy reason. They play at number one UConn on Tuesday night. If Butler can somehow figure it out, like Butler's a team that's starting to work their way into the tournament. That's a they fun are team. Fun to watch they're for a, the first time in ten years. Team the past couple years, they were just awful to watch play basketball. They are so much. It's so much better now. I love Butler. I think they're a lot of fun. Wednesday's games. Uh, two really good ones. Alabama and Auburn's going to be fun. Iowa State to Texas. Mm-hmm. Iowa State just had a really tough loss um, last night um, to Baylor, I believe. Yes. Um, so the buzzer shot after the buzzer. Yeah. Every game in the Big 12 is just a battle. Big 12 is a great conference. Every Obviously, Big 12 best conference. So I, I'm curious to see how the Cyclones will bounce back at Texas, a team that looked really good. Um, against TCU on Saturday. Um, Thursday's game is FAU at UAB. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. That's my lock of the week we'll get That's to. That's your lock of the week? Ooh, we're going to talk a little betting here momentarily. And then s- next Saturday's slate is not as good as this past Saturday's, but still pretty good. TCU-Iowa State, Georgia-Kentucky, Baylor's at Kansas, and obviously IU at Purdue. And what a hard-working podcast. I, I'm actually there on assignment. I'll be there for Gonzaga in Kentucky. So We are pairing you with stipend to go to that game. So, yes. <laughs> Just make sure. Uh, fast food back. only, okay? That's all no steakhouse. No promises. Okay. Very I'll be well. a nice later. Yeah, I'll take her out. We'll go with nice steak. So, Shout Tony's, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Lexington. Um, pretty good slate this week. Obviously, there's it, it hasn't been as good as this week, I think. Um, but any other games that I'm missing from I, coming up this week, then? There's just, so UNC, I mentioned ACC is trying to get teams in a tournament. Uh-huh. So there's two notables. Like Clemson goes at UNC on Tuesday. Clemson has to have that game. And then another one, a team like this could define their season. UNC's at Miami next Saturday. So can Miami, <sighs> if they can maybe get that, maybe they're alive. So I think those are two. That just could like, be an interesting can one. Can ACC 
try and get some more teams in. I know Clemson's in right now, but so like, North Carolina on the road has been iffy. Their last two games almost lost to Florida State, probably oh yeah. should have, and then obviously lost at Georgia Tech. So Good if there's one you want to look at as potentially one you could parlay into something, that would be one. So uh, Dusty, any games that we're looking ahead for this week? Oh, one more Arizona at Utah. Utah is a tournament team as well on Thursday. Utah is a tough place to play. They're, so yeah, that's good. a good one too. So February is a ton of fun. I have a few notes just to get this week going. One, I mentioned small conferences as they're winding down. This is really where the thick of the bubble teams and the big conferences and the small conferences really start to sort themselves out. So be looking for those. Iowa State, I mentioned two big games this week at mm-hmm. Texas and TCU at home. They probably need to win one they're of They're going to figure out which direction they're going in. I yeah. think they can win both. They're good. A um, couple other notes. Nick's darling is Florida Atlantic for his life. Hoot, my, hoot. my darling of this year is I love the San Francisco Dons. Love the I've Dons, been, yes. I've been watching their games at night. They are at Pepperdine and home against Santa Clara this week. Two wins. Two wins. They are got to be two wins. Tied for second in mm-hmm. the WCC, but they do not have the tiebreaker at the moment. Two other notes. One, Detroit Mercy. For those who don't know, oh my gosh, a once proud po- program is zero and twenty-four. I believe um, just lost over the weekend. I thought they were going to beat Robert Morris there for a little bit. Detroit uh, yeah. basketball this year. So they, they have six combined wins between the two teams. So this week they're at Wright State and at Northern Kentucky. I'm going to assume that's, that's two, two losses. losses. So the game we're eyeing for them is on Valentine's Day. Nick can watch since he won't have a date. They play <laughs> at home against IUPUI. Oh, they're so, going to win that game. Oh, they're winning that game. So next week, lock in Valentine's Day night. Wherever you're watching, have them change the TVs to whatever network that's not going to be on. Um, so I'll Detroit, be very busy Valentine's Day. If you know and what I mean, the Craig. and um, the fun part. Busy with what? The, uh, I can't say on this. Okay. non-explicit pod. Okay, um, with, <laughs> with Jack Goose Givens. Um, and so, oh, I lost my tone of thought. Thinking about me on Valentine's Day, yeah. guy. guy <laughs> the fun part about Detroit is <laughs> two fun facts. First of all, the head coach of Detroit, for those who don't know, is Mike Davis, who we mentioned Still earlier. Still crazy. I cannot and believe it, he's there. And his son, Mike Davis Jr., is a head assistant. If you read Mike <laughs> Davis's Jr.'s bio on the school website, it says, <laughs> oh, no. it says something along the lines of, and someone who's very familiar with the head coach himself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, they were so proud of themselves. When they wrote played, that played at Georgetown, too, right? Didn't he, Mike Davis Jr. play at Georgetown? He was at IU at one point, too. I thought he transferred he like to Georgetown. Three schools. Okay. Um, and then my favorite player on this team, though, is Hakeem Olajuwon's son, Abdullah Olajuwon, who I, which I believe is Hakeem's middle name. Oh, cool. Um, is on the team. He's a transfer from UMKC, averaged 25 points a game when he was in Houston High School. He's a sophomore. How tall is he? I think just below seven foot. Okay, so he's pretty um, tall. He's, he's not okay. getting much clock, but um, just shout out to Elijah right now. I mean, first year really on the team. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Detroit Mercy. And then I do think we need to talk about Caitlin Clark really quick. Oh, yeah. So, so for while, nine, while we're – so, you, you can start her out, and I'll give you the – Yeah, I should back. mention. So even though we're – obviously, we love men's college basketball, we will definitely talk about the women's game, absolutely. And for those who have not watched Caitlin Clark at Iowa, I, I think she is by far the most electric and most – enjoyable player to watch in basketball right now. Yeah, it's a lot. And she's the future starting point guard for the Indiana Fever. Yeah, she's the Pacers. Yeah, for the Pacers. For people who don't know, like, she kind of plays like Jimmer Fredette or Trey Young or kind of compare. But I think she's like a more efficient version of She's incredible. So anyway, on Caitlin Clark. So Caitlin Clark, for those who don't know, um, she is 200, no, 66 points behind... um, Kelsey Plum, right? Uh huh. Kelsey Plum for yep. the most points in women's college basketball history. So okay, so combined. she'll pass that yeah. in two games. And so she's, she's not even using the COVID year right now. So she's like, correct. So it's not like she's in her it fifth is year. Her or anything. fourth year. She's sixty six behind her. She averages thirty two a game this year. <laughs> so most likely, is she catching Maravich? 
That's what. That's the next. Point. Okay. So, if you go, so there's a chance she breaks it on Saturday, Saturday the 11th. Sunday's the 11th, right? Yes. Um, at Nebraska, okay. if it's three games, they'll play at Michigan on the 15th. Okay. So there, she is only 205 points behind Pistol Pete Maravich. For those who don't know, this is crazy to think of because now I'm going to give a shout to Pete Maravich. So, real quick, off Caitlin's stats, there's a chance she beats Pistol Pete on senior night against Ohio State if she stays at 32 Ooh, a game. that'll be great. If not, she'll probably break in the Big Ten or NCAA tournament. Right. For those who don't know about Pete Maravich, he played back in the day before freshmen could play. So, he did not play his freshman year. He's the all-time leading scorer at 3,667 points a game. He also did not have a three-point line. He averaged 44.2 points per game for his career. That will never be touched, ever. No. 44 a game for three years. So there's a good chance he will not be the all-time scorer in men's and women's basketball. This 44 will never be touched. But congrats to Caitlin Clark for eventually hitting that number. Barring something horrible happening injury-wise, right, will hit that number and be the highest score in the history of college basketball. Yeah, the Ohio State student section tried taking her out a couple weeks ago. Did you guys see that? (laughs) Which would make it even more satisfying for her to Did you see that? I saw funny trees like that's the best tackle anyone from Ohio State's made in <laughs> 10 years. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's really brutal. That's really funny, though. Yeah. Uh, so, shout out Caitlin Clark. Um, did they win, by the way, over Maryland? Did Don't they, they win that overtime, game? Overtime, I thought. I Went saw. to overtime? I have to look that up. You think Iowa football fans are like, what is this? Points? What? Yeah. What is, what, they don't understand what that is. What is this? I, now, I, see, their their men's team scores. I, that's, an, that's actually a great But point. they're just like, they, yeah, oh my gosh. It's. We have a good a good mutual friend Bailey who is a big Iowa fan. Um, Iowa did win that game, ninety three eighty five. Caitlin Clark had thirty eight in that game. Which, by the way, I mean the fact that they're putting Iowa game Iowa women's basketball games on Fox, like yeah. the Fox Correct. channel for Saturday night hoops, is freaking awesome. Um, so yeah, keep it up, Caitlin Clark. Definitely want to see Iowa make another run to a Final Four. Um, that'd be really cool. That game against LSU that they had in the national championship last year was one of the best basketball games I've watched in some time. Um, all right, so there's your look ahead. Uh, another game to watch is we're Pacers Rockets on Tuesday for people oh, out there. Yeah, oh yeah, we will we will be in attendance. Dusty's a Rockets fan. I, don't know if, I think you mentioned it already, but yeah, so a little pod battle. On Didn't Tuesday. know that. That's exciting. Okay, we, we will keep be it up there on Tuesday. Uh-huh. All right, so Pacers Rockets, a little NBA for you coming up on Tuesday night. So there's your look ahead. Uh, we have locks of the week, so we have talked a little betting. Now, we obviously want to preface this by saying please bet responsibly. Please make sure you're careful with your your funds. We don't want to urge you or motivate you to bet, but hopefully we give you some insight as to maybe there is a team or there's a game. If you do choose to bet. If you happen to choose, maybe this would be a good opportunity to look into. Um, I will start. We don't have the line for this game just yet, but I want to lock in Alabama-Auburn as my lock of the week because Auburn does not lose at home, and they blow teams out at home. They have won their four SEC games by an average of 15 points. And they lost at Alabama a couple weeks ago, so they're going to be mad, and Auburn's coming off a big win at Ole Miss where they were down double digits in the first half on Saturday and came back and won by 15. So... Whatever that line is for Auburn, I would say hit it and be confident in it. And whatever the over-under is, go way over because no one's playing defense on that game coming up on Wednesday. 
And Auburn still doesn't have a quad one win yet, I believe. So I think they're going to be very so motivated. The, uh, the Ole Miss game is a quad one oh, win. Yeah, Ole Miss is in the top 75 of the net. But I, you were correct. I yes. forgot, so last night was your first. Good call. Yeah, so that's they their first, night. which is crazy because they don't have a quad one win, but they are top twenty, ranked in the top 20, right. which is nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, Auburn played a really poor non-conference. They they played Baylor they um, at, at the Pentagon. App, they went at Appalachian State. And how, lost to App State, yeah, which rating. App State's a team that could make the tournament this year as well. So, um, but yeah, I think... I think Auburn, um, Auburn should be feeling pretty good uh, for that. Okay, Nick, lock of the week. What do we got? Mine's nice and simple. There's no line either, but New Mexico plays UNLV at home next week. I'm sure the line's going to be massive. I don't care what the number is. Take it. New Mexico's not losing two in a row at home. They're going to have a full week to prepare. Just take them wherever the point is. I love fun. that. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Dusty? Uh, mine is actually UAB at home against your Owls. They play on oh. ESPN2 on Thursday. UAB is 10-2 and two in their last 12. They also have a win over Drake this year. They lost at Florida Atlantic already. They're going to be fired up, that crowd. They actually play SMU today, so we'll see how they do on ESPN2 then as well. But I have UAB at home against Florida Atlantic. Money line. That was the lamest thing I ever heard. <laughs> By the way, we, I forgot <laughs> to we shout Pacers, out. Rockets, and now that. It's going to be a contentious week. I forgot to shout out um, during our mid-major segment, Indiana State has been so much fun to watch. And if you have not watched Josh Schertz's team, they just got a big win over Drake on Saturday. But they have a 6'11 dude by the name of Robbie Avila, who is amazing. He and is like the college Jokic. He is the Dora. Nikola Jokic of college basketball. He is awesome. I saw they call him, his nickname is Cream Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> That's impressive. So anyway, uh, I, I'm pulling hard for Indiana State to win the Valley. I don't even think they need to win the Valley to make the tournament, but it would be helpful. Um, so uh, pulling hard for Indiana State, the Sycamores, uh, they got that big win over Drake on on Saturday. Yeah, Drake's like the second best team in the Valley. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that, that was a, a pretty solid win. So, all right, getting towards the end of the show here. This is the part of the show where we want to bring you all in with us. We will have viewer, crest, que- viewer questions, 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 questions at the end of the show. So it's your opportunity to send us your questions or comments. Um, please make sure you... Or concerns. Or concerns. You may have a concern. Mm -hmm. You can also leave us a a review on Spotify and let us know how we're doing. But uh, you can email the show, d1anddonepod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us, at d1anddonepod. But the best way to find us is probably going to be on Facebook. It is at d1anddonepod on Facebook. So we got a couple good questions here. I'm going to start with this first one here. We got this from two uh, two people who are going to be tuning in. Matt Johnson and Amanda Rock. Is it finally Purdue's year? How will Purdue not be a sob story this March? And as much as I want to answer this, I'm not going to because I want it. I want to leave it to the unbiased fans in the room here. Um, is it finally Purdue's year? Yes, they'll be the Final Four. I have no doubt about that. I have a, a quick list. I'll be quick about this one. Uh, first of all, Ed doesn't come back without some type of motivational, unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Matt Payne, I know, hasn't quote been there. They haven't been to a Final Four since 1980. I 1980. Believe. Um, so I found four teams that have won a national title since 1995 that did not scratch the Final Four but won the national championship the year that one of their stud players was a senior. Wow. That's 1995 UCLA, 2004 UConn, Okafor, you guys can think of him. That's who I was thinking about, of, of EDI. 2005 North Carolina of Sean May and those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, and 2010, that Duke team. Um, all teams that faltered early with a lot of potential. Hmm. Now, quite no, no offense, they didn't lose to 15, 16 seeds per se. But some who people does are, that? Some people are going to say maybe they don't have it. They haven't been there in the Sweet 16 the lead day. They don't know how to play. Well, I guess they lost to St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. You understand what I'm saying? No, we didn't. So I think there is something to the unfinished business aspect of it. Um, 
I just they can't get away from just feeding Edie either. And I think sometimes it didn't happen. I mean, I would say it didn't happen today. Uh, their guards were the ones that won this game against Wisconsin. And that was my fear of them yep. last year. And they have Lance shut, Jones. They have shut me up. And Lance Jones, Lance will make Lance will make you dance. Give him. The Rock, give me some ISO ball. Love, love. You me know some who stones. else says that? Lance Jones. <laughs> so <laughs> give, give Lance the, the ball. <laughs> Future guest of the show. Nick, is it Purdue's year? How does Purdue not a sob story in March? How does it happen? I'm glad you've asked me this question. I'm glad we started this podcast because we're we're college basketball ex- experts. That's uh-huh. why we ask these questions. We give you the answers, right, Robbie? Right. That being said. I have no idea. Purdue has <laughs> broken my brain. This program, I. It's it's mind boggling. Makes no sense. It, I don't know what to think anymore. Granted, last year I was skeptical of them can get freshman guards, probably overperformed. But still, they, they the way did, yeah, they the way did. they went out, it, this program has broken. They're one of the two best teams in the country again. It's sneaky people talk about Painter and Purdue. Like they've been like a top five to ten team now. It feels like almost every year since 2018 now. Like it's been a consistently Crazy. really good program. Yeah. Yet, like and we again, have one, and we have one elite eight. Yeah, that's it. And again, that's why you're not losing the. The 16 sweet 16s, right? Like you're losing to 13s, 15s, 16s. The good news is they'll buy, they'll be a one seed this year, so they won't have to play a 14 seed. So you don't have to get. What if like we the, see a 14 in the in the in the elite eight? <laughs> you can never. So that's so. I I want to if somehow Purdue does lose to a 14 seed, I want to create the um the infinity gauntlet yeah. and put all the stones are like 11 VCU, 12 Little Rock. 13 North Texas, 15 St. Peter's, 16 FDU, and the 14 Kennesaw State. <laughs> you truly are just missing the 14. I mean, we are. That's the only one we're missing. Because we've talked about that in the past. That's for every seed, right? Or yeah. is it just the double digit one? It's the double, yeah. Double, yeah. Incredible. Uh-huh. Pretty incredible. So over the, over the last, so it's, it's, uh, so we lost to VCU in 2011. Oh, so that's uh, last last 13 years, yeah. So the answer is they, have the t- they are one of the two best teams in the country once again. Yeah. That being said, I I, so I do saying, not know anymore. Nick is saying no. Just I, d- but I, don't know. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't know. I don't disagree with you. It's like if you told me Purdue's cutting down the nets in April. I'm like yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you told me, hey, no nine seeded, no Boise yeah, State you, knocked them off. Like yep, that checks yeah, out. If you too. said Robbie's not going to be on Sunday's podcast. <laughs> then I'd understand too. I remember last year when when the tournament came out. Um, so I was pretty confident we were going to be a one seed, and we were. And I was saying the entire time. God forbid, if I see Memphis on that 8-9 line, I'm going to be freaking out. You did. I said that. And sure enough, Memphis showed up, and we couldn't even get past the team that was on our line. And we weren't even going to see and, Memphis. And also, um, more small conference chat, I actually watched Farley Dickinson about <laughs> a week and a half ago. They are horrible this year. Granted, the coach Great. did leave. thanks. Oh, I know, I, I know. feel so much better now. Like, <laughs> they are miserable. So, so thank you. Have you seen how bad Doug Yeater it is? The St. Peter's. White oh, he's, yes. Bri- he's yeah. a Bryant now, right? He averages like three points a game. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And getting like he's not allowed on the, the podcast. He's not allowed. Why not? Kick rocks. If, Kick De- rocks. if Doug Edder wants to come on the pod, you're not going to say. You're going to say no. Be, I would say no. I'm not being here. You can you can do one v one. Okay, well, if we're picking out people that can come on our podcast, Joe Krabenhoff can come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we each get one person. Uh, yeah, we get one person each. So Joe Krabenhoff for me. Um, all right. So good talk there on Purdue again. Who knows? Uh, they currently have the best odds to go to the Final Four and win the national championship across all betting platforms. So do with that what you like. I have no idea. I, 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 want to, I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I do not know. Can I, I tell I one more so. quick story? Sure. I know this is a longer episode, but we wanted to introduce ourselves. One of my uh, cooler Purdue basketball memories was walking in. T- I worked uh, at the 2010 Final Four. I actually volunteered and worked at the slam dunk contest, three-point contest with a company called Intersport. I got invited to one of their private parties. 
walked into a bar in Indianapolis and sitting at a round table were eight, I would say, pretty beautiful women. And Shout the, out. And the one man sitting there, the one man was sitting there with a, looked like a bourbon or a scotch and smoking a cigar by himself with all these women, Gene Cady. <laughs> I love that. I think I say Mike Woodson after a loss. <laughs> that also works too. Um, all of our Purdue, all my Purdue friends, we so Gene is in his 80s now, and he has been looking a little rough lately. Um, we keep saying we got to go to a Final Four while Gene's still with us. So I, I'm really hoping. But Sister Gene here. has. Why are we? T- why didn't? Why do you even say that? That's not nice. All right. Uh, second and last question comes from my good pal Dylan. How do you think the new teams are doing in the Big 12? UCF has two upsets of ranked teams already. So as a fan of a non-Power 5 team, is this normal? Should I be more excited or less excited? Love the question, by the way. It's interesting because when I first thought that, I thought when TCU made the jump, remember they were Mountain West, and Mm -hmm. they were known for a football school. Yeah, they were not. They've never really been a great basketball school. But yet... They were pretty good at basketball pretty quickly. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess maybe if you can just get into the conference, maybe you can just get. I still look back at UCF, and they were the team that should have beaten Zion Williamson and Duke. <sighs> yes, Aubrey Dawkins had that tip in. Put I think it was Aubrey Dawkins had the putback, or maybe it was one uh, of those. It, it was Aubrey Dawkins. Was it okay? And he should have had the tip in at buzzer beater to Aubrey beat Aubrey wasn't great. He was magnificent. Quiet. <laughs> But so anyway, looking at those new teams in the Big 12, so obviously Houston, we knew they were going to be pretty good. Cincinnati had a great win last night at Texas Tech. And then obviously UCF and BYU. Those are four really good teams that they've added this year, and they all are really good, and they've been great in the Big 12. So uh, I guess, is this normal? One. And then Dylan also asked, should I be more excited or less excited? I would say more excited. I mean, the fact that UCF is beating teams in the Big 12, like Kansas, that's massive. No matter when you beat Kansas, that's huge. So I think you should definitely be more excited. Is this normal? I mean, with college basketball, it's kind of become the norm if you have that home game. It's interesting. Like Houston was well-established beforehand. Cincinnati's had some good teams over the years. They have, yeah. Uh, who's the fourth one? Who else joined? BYU. Uh, BYU yeah. I mean, these are all kind of like BYU, established did you know BYU never won the WCC. I mean, and it comes with the Big 12. Is either Gonzaga or St. Mary's then? Yeah. I'm just year. saying, though, they left a very small conference. One that obviously one team that was uh, prolific in it forever ran it, but they never won the WCC, but they come to the Big 12 and they're relevant. So I think that's promising. I, I would say, I guess, I'll the... Think. The count like Butler, I guess, would be the one they struggled a lot when they first got I, to the they Big did, East. Yeah, I had Butler, I had Belmont switching over right now. Um, George Mason, I think, jumped too early. They've never really yeah. had a presence since their final four run. Great I, I even think VCU kind of jumped the gun too early. So it can be a hit or miss. But I think Central Florida has the resources. They're big enough college as it is that you should be excited. I mean, the other thing that comes down to should you be excited or nervous? What kind of fan are you? Some people I have friends that they watch the game. I hope I'm not calling you because I don't think you're like this, Robbie. Um, they watch the game just to watch it, but they're more focused on the interim between games. When I watch games, I'm just freaking pumped to watch my team, and I get excited for every moment. So yeah. are you nervous during games or excited? Because if you're, you should be excited because you have so many more matches against great teams like a Kansas and like a Texas and all that. And then the conference tournaments, uh, the pressure to win it isn't going to be on you, but you have so many more opportunities to be relevant, to have fun. You just have to accept that your team may lose eight or nine games every single year, and that's okay. So I think it's nothing but positive, and um, it's more money for the school. Let's be real. Absolutely. But my favorite part about UCF, I have a, a former student who goes there now. Um, in their student section, instead of like waving like balloons and stuff or something, they wave palm branches. Oh. 
to try to distract the free throw shooters, which I think is great. That's innovation right yeah. there. Uh, I've been to UCF's campus. My my good pal Tom, who uh, Tom and Dylan know know me well, and I'm I'm good friends with them. Um, Tom went to Orlando, went to UCF. Their campus is awesome. UCF is a they're one of the top three biggest student bases. Yeah, like uh, over forty thousand students okay. now. I thought it was yeah. bigger than that. It, it might be bigger. It might be bigger than that. Um, but yeah, UCF is is definitely on the up and up. Um, I, I think you should definitely be excited um, because the future is bright. I mean, you're in a conference like you, you've found a way to be, get one of those big conferences, and you're beating some of the top tier teams. And now you can't cry about being undefeated, not winning a national championship <laughs> in football. Okay, now he's definitely gonna turn off the podcast. And you got Gus Malzahn, who Auburn should never fired. So there you go. I don't disagree. All right. Uh, th- those are two questions. Again, make sure you shoot those questions to us on Facebook, at our Twitter, Instagram, email us. Or ladies, you can slide in my DMs Or ladies, questions. find Nick Mills on mm-hmm. Twitter. Options um, galore. There are so many opportunities and options. So uh, let's put a bow on this show. Uh, it was our first episode. We appreciate all of you tuning in. We had a lot of fun doing this. We're going to have this up every Sunday. Um, I'm really excited. Dusty, I know we're going to touch bases on, on a lot of questions and a lot of topics going forward for you uh but we didn't scratch the surface on you so you played at kentucky and you also played at ball state please tell us how on earth that you didn't ever play one game for the ball state cardinals but still where they were you were on the team (laughs) so i uh, transferred (laughs) to ball state ended up going to the coach's office um i'll try to give the short version because there's a longer story told me i want to play basketball again um, the coach, the assistant at the time, did not believe my story. He thought I was making up that I walked on at Kentucky. <laughs> You're a con man coming yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. A couple weeks later, uh, a local high school coach, Pete Smith, found out that I had transferred to Ball State. So he called Billy Taylor at Ball State, said there's a former Kentucky point guard on your campus. Apparently, I was told later, Billy Taylor walked into a coach's meeting, said, blah, blah, we need to find this Dusty Mills guy. And that. By the way, he didn't say you were a walk-on at Kentucky. He did not. He, he just, he just, he just said, said Kentucky, Kentucky point guard. guard. Great sales point right okay. there. Okay, yes, very good. Um, and so this assistant stands up. He says, oh, my gosh, he was in my office last week. I thought he made up the story. So they called me. They had me go to an open. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they did. They had me go to an open trial with kind of a wink, wink, you're going to be on the team, add me to the roster. And then the annoying part was they told me I had a red shirt, which is BS. I did not. I stayed at Kentucky as a sophomore, as a student, before I left. Ball State Compliance claimed I had a red shirt. I said, no, that's not true. I think we had a buddy at the NCAA headquarters, pretty high up, and I emailed, I called him, I won't say his name, and he said, I'll send you an email that says you're allowed to play. Sends me the email, I block out all of his stuff, turn it into compliance, and it was almost like the same thing. They basically were like, well, we can accept this as um, ver- verification. I said, that's fine. It's giving you a reason to call the NCAA. Like, I can get you in front of everyone. Whatever, I got my parents' blessing to just redshirt. So I redshirted that year. Um, and then to start the next year, I was told all offseason I'd be the backup point guard behind Randy Davis, another great IU high school basketball name. Randy Davis. And then I walked on campus day one, and they cut me. And the reasoning was because they had brought in a – which made no sense because, again, I was a walk-on. and they said they Yeah, needed, they cut walk-ons? Yeah, they said they needed roster space. So they brought in a guard from – what's the school up in Gary, the private school? Um, is it 21st century, Gary? No. We all know I'm space on right now. Sorry. It's not um, Lamir, right? You no, think of that? no. Okay. That's uh, Laporte. Um, yeah. But this point guard comes in. He's academically ineligible the first semester. He transferred at semester, and then Ball State called me back to come back to the roster. I'm sure more for to raise the academic part, but I basically told them no. So. Wow. And then, and then I got into coaching. Coach at Anderson High School last year of the Wigwam that year. 
Which that's that's a cool claim to fame if you know anything about yep. Indiana. We went high three basketball. and nineteen that year, but we won senior night at the Wigwam. Last game, so the, the last game at the Wigwam, we won. That's yeah. a big deal. That's awesome. Dusty, I, I'm so. I mean, I feel like I've learned more about Dusty in the past two hours than I knew for the last thirty years that we've known each other. So, um, peeling back some layers here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, you want to be a teacher? I did not know that. Did not know that. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, I do teach. I won't tell you where I teach. You'll probably figure it out if you find me on social media. But we're going to try to keep our personal lives and our private, unlike uh, Ed Cooley, corporate lives. Yes, uh, try to keep that off of the pod. My life is very public, but, so uh, we're going to definitely to dive into Nick's social life every single time. I'm an we're on accountant. The pod. Okay, so. Uh, big game Sunday coming up next Sunday. Uh, we may mention, we'll probably talk about Chiefs 49ers mm-hmm. a little bit, I imagine, even though we're a college hoops pod. So Alex we, Smith Bowl. We hope you've enjoyed the first episode of the D1 and Done pod. We are at every Sunday. Make sure you leave a like and follow us either on Facebook or Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, all the places to find us. Guys, any last thoughts? Any last Just, news of note I'm missing? Like you said, it's every Sunday. I know for a lot of you, football's ending. You all know two through Sundays. Come ha- hang out with us for a couple hours. We'll make it worth your while. Wow. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. All right, we'll see you next time on the D1 and Done podcast.